This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode of All Fantasy Everything is brought to you by AeroPress. Now, let me paint a picture for you. You bought an amazing, delicious smelling bag of coffee beans. You get home, you're stoked. You make the coffee and it just isn't what you're feeling. You know, it's it's a bad cup. AeroPress coffee, however, uses a patented brew method. That's right. You didn't think I knew about brew methods, but I do. Uh, it gets all the purest flavor that you could imagine out of those beans and it speeds things up so coffee doesn't get over extracted. It's going to give you a smooth uh, it's going to give you a rich, it's going to give you a bitter-free cup of coffee that tastes as good as the smell, if not better. And that's what we're all shooting for. You know what I mean? AeroPress, it's like a French press that makes a way better cup of coffee. AeroPress uses a patented three-in-one brew technology, again, with my brew technology knowledge. Uh, it's going to combine the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press into one compact tiny little portable device built for travel. I got one. I have traveled with it. It is in the cupboard right now, barely taking up any space. You get a completely unique, delicious cup of coffee wherever you go, only possible with an AeroPress. With over 55,000 five-star ratings in over 60 countries, that's almost more countries than I thought existed. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. At just under 50 bucks, and with all of those great reviews, AeroPress makes an exceptional gift. It's thoughtful, it's proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. I'm all those things as well. Who wouldn't love that as a gift? Gift receipt, not needed. No one's going to take it back. Get on it. AeroPress is shockingly affordable, less than 50 bucks. And we've got an incredible offer for our audience. Visit AeroPress.com slash AllFantasy. Again, that's A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash all fantasy and use the promo code all fantasy to save 20% off of your order. That's aeropress.com slash all fantasy and be sure to use the code all fantasy at checkout to save 20%. It is time to ditch the drive through, toss the French press and say yes to better mornings fueled by better coffee. Aeropress ships to the USA and over 60 countries around the world. And we thank Aeropress for sponsoring our show. This is all fantasy everything. The podcast that fantasy drafts anything and everything from the world of pop culture, from holiday movies to cocktails and everything in between. On this episode, we'll be doing our annual pop culture recap with Allison Herman, a writer, media critic, and all fantasy everything, I'm going to say all family member for sure at this point. I'm your host, Ian Carmel, and with me as always are Sean Jordan and David Borey. Let's get to the episode. Another brand new episode of All Fantasy Everything, the podcast that has been talking about Christmas puddings for the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, we don't know what they are. We don't know. We don't understand what British con, the British conception of dessert is, and we don't want anyone to tell us. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, is a solid? Do the Brits call a solid a pudding? Like, would a Snickers bar be a pudding to a Brit? I, I don't know. Like, would you like a Snickers? I think pudding? first of all, they would never. They would just. I be think condes- it's Snicky pudding is what they call <laughs> it. Snicky pudding. Actually, the most fucked up British phrasing is that they call what they call flapjacks are like basically granola bars. What? It's so disgusting. Yeah, it's like a weird trail mix type situation. It is not a pancake. 
No, thank you. And also they like they say pancakes, so they mostly mean like crepes and what they they have to specify American pancakes, like American football for like the actual thing that we call pancakes. I don't like that. You have to say flapjacks for the knapsack. So when you go <laughs> hiking, I put them in the boot. <laughs> yeah. You stick it. You stick a you stick a flapjack in the boot in the boot of my car. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, in the <laughs> of your lorry of my lorry. I put them in the boot of my lorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Keep a flapjack in the boot of my lorry. <laughs> Is that a Stormzy song? Yeah, it Stormzy. sounds like it could be a Stormzy song. <laughs> uh, Sean S. Jordan is here. Sean Cougar Melon Jordan on uh, Twitter. I oh, know on Instagram. Yeah. Sean S. Jordan on Twitter. Mm -hmm. For God's sake, backwards hat. Don't worry. Yeah. No, no controversial opinions coming. I'll t you know what? I did. I got don't up. Do no, don't. Why are you doing that? I don't. You don't have to do that. Salad's kind of on point today. The hair okay. is looking good again. So we'll, yeah, we'll just keep, we'll keep the hat off until I get into the picks. And then I got to, you know, flip the switch, obviously. And then. Yeah, no quarantine here for you. Are you getting what, backyard haircuts? I had some. I got, so my hair was gnarly. It was like down. Gnarly. Like down past my chin, long as it's ever been for me. Jacob gnarly, haunting, haunting someone. Yeah. That level of like gnarly. Jacob gnarly. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just actually, I just stared in the mirror hard enough and it just, it looked like this now. Some of it just like ran away. It got scared. He, he played walk by Pantera and his hair just slowly like crept back into his head. Yeah, it was like a reverse Play-Doh thing. It just like I just yeah. and it sucked back in. Oh, reverse Play-Doh. Not, re not, rever not reverse Play-Doh. I was no, like, no. what the fuck is he talking about? No, no. Uh, yeah, not doing much. Happy holidays, everyone. This comes out on Christmas Eve. So, you know, good vibes. Oh, happy holidays. Half of us don't celebrate. But, happy holidays. Yeah. Oh, I was just, yeah, happy holidays. I, I'm I'm happy for you. I feel like being a Jew is not really like a meaningful minority experience in a lot of ways. You know, we have white privilege, but I do appreciate the perspective it gives me on how fucking weird Christmas is. I love how weird it is. Having a tree inside your house. I mean, I, He's listen, this right is a now. take of mine. Chris, these are, these are Hanukkah bushes. These yeah, are Hanukkah. That's true. Then LA Hanukkah Christmas plants. trees. Give me the lights for no reason. I just, my favorite thing about the holidays, and I'm not splitting the atom here. I love the fact that everybody feels compelled to be in a better mood for a month. I don't care how you get there. That's just what I want. I want everyone to be that way all the time. And if it's only a month, then I'll take it. Oh, I love the holidays. And in fact, my tried and true take is that I actually think like being Jewish means you get more out of it because you don't have the added stress of Christmas is supposed to be the most special time ever. And also you have to be with your extended family for the second time in a month. <laughs> it's just like you literally get the truest like meaning of what a holiday is, which is you chill the fuck out for 24 hours and you don't do anything. I'm stoked. It's the best. I can't wait. My family, my mom's, the mom's side of the family does Christmas because she converted. So she, so we do Christmas. I fucking, it, it could, it was a little bit stressful before I had like a good job. Now that I have like nieces and nephews and everything like, absolutely. Oh man. I mean, this year would be a little bit different, of course, yeah. with COVID and everything, but like coming in with presents yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming in and also we do the family celebration on like the 27th so the last few or we will do it like before so the last few years i would just be able to like eat chinese food and watch basketball on christmas which is such a gift oh yeah you get both you get jewish christmas and regular yeah, christmas it's so nice the stress is so low this year because there's no all the shopping was done online weeks ago so there's really nothing i'm like we have all the gifts and everything is ready but you know there's no no stress leading up to it yeah there's no being in pioneer place yeah. at yeah. like 7 p.m like does my dad need a puzzle should i get him a puzzle <laughs> is that what he wants the answer is always no but you get it 
You get so it. I get him a bunch of made in Oregon Marionberry jam. Is that what my dad wants? <laughs> yes, though it is. He does. Yeah, yeah the man, a... fuck up a jam. <laughs> it's his jam. I've seen him in that suit. Yeah, he'll, yeah. God damn, my my little sister has been sending me like throwback pictures of my dad lately. Go ahead and get those like, to me whenever you get them. I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> from like the late seventies, early eighties, and that man. That man was GQ, <laughs> capital G, capital Q. He liked the jam. What kind of prints are we talking about? I feel like the 80s were a special time for patterns. He had like, I mean, this was like a mustard yellow suit with like some like, uh, what's the what, frosted, what, what's the right way to describe those glasses? Like, you know, those glasses that are like, oh, um, tinted, like sepia. De Niro yeah. casino sunglasses. And that, but like <laughs> big and like ombre, where they're like more tinted at the top and then down at the bottom, it's just like a normal glass. Uh -huh. Every photo I've seen of my dad from the 1980s is like giant aviators, half the size of his face. And then for some reason, he's always wearing running shorts. Yeah. He's yeah. only yeah. ever in an exercise you outfit. Gotta get where you're going. <laughs> that was the 80s. They had to be quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were all into jogging. Yeah. That was all new then. So soft J. <laughs> had to be quick. Jogging. <laughs> there was so much thigh meat out in the 80s. Yeah. I like that. Uh, bring it Ripping. back. Yeah. Yeah, you're bring short shorts. I, I, yeah. Listen, short shorts, the five inch inseam, I know nothing about men's fashion, but I know that the five inch inseam is back in and I support it. I support it too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I got some yoga shorts on right now. Hell yeah. That man with yoga shorts on, by the way, <laughs> hey, is David Bory. Hey. The G is silent on Twitter. Cool Guy Jokes 87 hey. on Instagram. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. My phone is at the bottom of a lake, but that's okay. What happened? <laughs> I dropped it at the bottom of a lake. Oh, like a literal bottom of a lake. Of the literal bottom of a lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You brought, why did it betray you? What happened? Uh, no. I was just moving from inside the ice tent to outside the ice tent, and it fell out of my pocket. It's Wait, a, the lake was frozen? I thought you, you had an Airbnb in Denver. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was ice fishing on a frozen lake, and I was inside the ice hut, and I went to go outside the ice hut, and my phone fell into the water. And turns out I'm free. Uh, <laughs> wow! This spell, this yeah. spell is broken. <laughs> Turns out, if you don't answer, if you cannot receive the text, you never have to text anyone back. Oh, I can still get them on my phone. I just am like on my computer. I'm just like, hey man, my phone's gone. So you know, I'm not gonna respond to this probably. <laughs> this is how text messages should be. I don't like like unless it's like it, it's urgent, like stuff you need to figure out right that moment. Like they should be treated like letters. It should be yes. like you texted me this. And then a few days later, I had time to sit down and thoughtfully respond to it. No, you know 100%. I, mean? I don't like how much it like it, it chips at your time because then you're texting like three people at once. And you're like, yeah, what the fuck am I giving my brain to right now? You know what I mean? If we have something to talk about, let's just talk about it on the phone. Anyways, the point is my phone is gone and I feel better than I ever have. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Tell us about ice fishing. How did that oh, go? Oh, it was the best. We didn't bag any, which is a bummer. How much meth did you smoke first? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> well, the, the whole, the door is made of meth. Oh, okay. That's right. I mean, ice fishing, famously fast-paced. You got to you gotta do a stimulant <laughs> yeah. before you just sit immobile yeah. on the ice for yeah. hours. That's what the ice is. Wait, yeah. is ice crystal meth? That's what ice yeah. is, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, all yeah. meth. Yeah, it's all speed to me, baby. Yeah, <laughs> crank glass. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love ice fishing. I love fishing. Fishing. Did you catch anything? I missed that part with my own humorous no, music. My buddy Luke got one after my phone died. I just started like hiking around. Oh, your phone because didn't it was die. In, it fell in a lake. By the way, Let's it's, be it's dead regardless. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't know, dude. It might still be charging. Yeah, there's just fish down there checking my DMs. Yeah. Set in my butt. Is ice fishing like a like a routine hobby for you, or was this like a someone dragged you out there? No, when I lived in Colorado, it was. But now I live in California, and I don't ever fish. But yeah, when David I in, is a fi- David's a fisherman. Yeah, very much so. I he's love a man it. of the he's I a man of a lure it. and a man of the lure. I would say. <laughs> hey, yeah, of both, of both. Yeah, yeah. I had to buy some new gear, which kind of sucked. But anyways, it was great. I got if you ever get a chance to ice fish eleven mile reservoir in Colorado, do it. It's amazing. It's all it's there's an island in the middle of the lake that I could I just like walked to and then walked up on Whoa. the top and looked That's around. awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was best time I've had fishing getting skunked. I don't think people realize how in tune with nature you are. Like, I don't, th- I don't it know. It doesn't when... come up much. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when it doesn't like, you don't come off as like a, like a nature person, but then you spend a lot of time in nature. Yeah. No headphones. Yeah. That's my thing. Just see it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Just I love vibes. It. Yeah. Just I love vibes. it. I love it. I, I love it a lot. Yeah. And then I was, yeah. And that's all I've been doing. I'm going to go back. I think we're going to go to Granby Lake like tomorrow or something. I'm just going to fish a lot this next couple of weeks, probably. It's surprising you went to 11 Mile Lake when we all know how much you like the lyrics of Eminem and you didn't go to 8 Mile Lake. Because Sean was <laughs> telling is... me before we started recording, your favorite lyric is, what was it, Sean? Well, I think, they had to, I think they had to alter it when he dropped his phone in the lake and he goes, I guess that's why they call it puddle pain. But it used oh, yeah. to be the wind. Oh, it's David the- went dark. <laughs> he turned his camera off. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. David's been known to do. David sometimes, like, when something bad happens, he'll walk over to the window and he'll just be like, I guess that's why they call it window pain. Because yeah. that Eminem is both his his hero and his mentor. And his role model. Famously, his role model. famously yeah, yeah. has great personal conduct. Someone you want to model, model yourself off of. Brain, brain damage ever since the day I was born, you know? Yeah. What was yeah. it? Didn't someone send us a new lyric by him that was like awful? What was it? I'd have to dig back in Twitter. It was bad. Didn't he oh, have an album that just came out like this week? Did he? Yeah. He just he just put an album out. I saw. Well, there's something you can draft. I think that I guess. falls under the umbrella of pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys were gonna pick the new. You guys were gonna pick the new Eminem. The Eminem album that none of us knew about. I'm sorry. I'll stop saying picks. Sean's already <laughs> practicing his definitions to make sure he doesn't fuck up again. Hey, none <laughs> that, of that is a thing and not a concept, and therefore I can draft the it. The eclipse was pop culture, and I've grown more confident in the last few years, and I'll heal nothing different. Honestly, it, was, it wasn't of all yes, years of all years to make a force of nature part of pop culture. I think 2020 is the year that you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that might. Yeah. I think that I think that no holds barred on this one, right? Yeah, no Roseanne bars either. That actually, no, no holds barred came out in the 80s. You talking about that Hulk Hogan movie? I don't think That's we can right. pick stuff from the 80s. Also, can I preface this draft by saying I think this was maybe the year I was the least in tune with the culture as a whole. Oh, oh, absolutely. Like. I was I was yeah. not I was not in. I was in tune with previous years culture stretching back decades. And even yeah, as, yeah like but with what was going on currently I was very not tuned into it. Well we'll we'll find out in a bit. Allison Herman is here. Allison I am. has returned A Herman 2006 on Twitter. And then what's the Instagram? 
It's A Herman 2006 on all platforms. I have a a unified brand. And I would say I did not keep in touch with pop culture this year because I had an amazing year. I had so many new experiences. I met so many new people. I everyone was wearing masks and I don't it was a little weird but no it's obviously it's it's sucked ass and it's very weird like seeing people you haven't seen in a while because you're just like you know automatically you're like hey how are you and then you have to pause and be like you know we're both undergoing one of the most harrowing psychological traumas of our lifetime and we don't really know how to deal with it or talk about it or when it will end but apart from that (laughs) everything's completely We've decided that instead of how you're doing, what what we we've we we came up with some alternatives recently. What were some of them? Hey, idiot! Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always just pop in and be like, "I'm actually doing great. I'm yeah. enjoying this oddly. I'm having a blast. I haven't gone into a grocery store. It's so fun. You just they just bring it out. I'm like, can we just keep this? There's certain awesome. things where I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm- I have been having like a, outside of how horrifying and like traumatic everything has been, like a good year, which is weird. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. weird. I mean, I've had like, you know, I should probably preface this by saying I am very lucky. I have stable employment. I have not, to my knowledge, had or transmitted a deadly disease, which I guess is sort of like the benchmark for how good your year has been. And like, even within the context of all that, I feel very lucky in that my pod is my boyfriend and his roommates, which means I have a second location that is not my house that I'm allowed to go to, which is just like a fucking lifesaver. So important. So I do feel very lucky. With all this right away, I I would go look at our yard and I'd be like, there's a yard. We got a yard. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so, there's people like in like Brooklyn that live on like 30, wa- 30 story walk up. Is that how the kids are saying it? And you like, you know, they don't have a yard. They have an apartment with kids. I'm just like, I could it could be a lot harder than it has been. You stomp your yard, too. Right. That's a big oh, thing. Yeah, for dude, you. I'm out yeah. there doing dance. I'm out there dancing. Playboy. <laughs> that is a new thing. And it's not going to be an old thing. It's your stage. It's not your yard. It's your yeah. performance oh, yeah. space. <laughs> I, I just go out sometimes and read sonnets. To the neighbors, they didn't ask, Damn, but I do it. This is my stage, I say, Nick. You son at the yard. <laughs> all the world's Nick. a stage, and for <laughs> the foreseeable future, all the world is my backyard. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, Nick, you ever seen Othello? Because I'm about to do it. <laughs> Nick, Jory, come to the stage. Jory, Those are my neighbors. Damn, yeah, that's your your neighbors are Nick and Jory. Yep. Jory. Jo- you know. You know my name. Are you saying Jordy or Jory? I think Jory. it's Jory. Check this out, Allison. <laughs> That's way wilder. My last name is Jordan. Mm-hmm. Not, not uh, everybody knows that. So my mom, first choice to name me, my first name was going to be Jory. That was her first <laughs> choice. That's what, what she wanted to name me. Knowing my dad's last name, it's not like he surprised her and was like, surprise, my last name's Jordan. So she in her mind was like, I should name this child Jory Man. Jordan is what almost happened if my dad he didn't do a lot but one thing he did was shut that down real quick and then he dipped but you know <laughs> i'm happy but that's a good that's a good last act i would say yeah. it's like saving your child yeah. from a lifetime of name related bullying yeah i just found out that jory was a name two minutes ago and now you're telling me <laughs> you were almost named jory Wait, close i just realized your dad did like the literal opposite of a boy named sue because in that he song he gives him a shitty name and then he goes and then the dude is like what the fuck why is this the only thing you ever did for me and then this mm-hmm. is the opposite so yeah good good Thanks, on your dad. dad for that one one thing <laughs> Yeah, because Sue was a real hard ass, and you're real sweet. You are sweet. 
Thank you. I mean, speaking of neighbor names, though, I found out via package that my neighbor with a like ungoogleably generic first and last name, his middle name is Champagne. And that is like the most yeah. exciting discovery I've had in weeks. I have a very low yeah. threshold for entertainment these days. Yeah. No, that's because that is entertaining. That's a great middle name. Yeah. My middle name is Champagne. It fits everywhere. Yeah, like I won't, I won't like dox him, but like think like John Smith level generic first and last yeah. name, and his middle name is Champagne. That makes it even spicier, right? Yeah. Like I'm like Drake at that point. I just go by Champagne. The rest of my name. My name's Jim Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What's your middle name? Oh, it's Champagne. If my middle name was Champagne, I'd want my first name to be Ricky, Ricky Champagne, and then anything. Yeah, yep. Ricky Champagne Watkins. You telling me you tell me he didn't average a double double for the Auburn basketball team in the early seventies? Come on, <laughs> I'd have a lot more jewelry if my middle name was Champagne. That's yeah. for damn sure. And you already have an extra ice house full of jewelry, don't you? Didn't your ice, didn't your jewelry have to go ice fishing at a different lake? We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it swims with the fishes. Yeah. It swims with the fishes now. That's an All undisclosed right. location, dude. Four hundred twenty mile lake, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, we're talking about steady employment. Where you were writing at The Ringer, where you've recently written uh, your best TV shows of 2020. I have. Uh, you're, you're in review with Miles Surrey. You wrote about the Disney taking a victory lap in the streaming wars. Yeah, Disney, big company. And about the Saved by the Bell remake, too, right? Oh, my God. Guys, it's not one of my five, but, like, the Saved by the Bell remake is might, might so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. It's so oh. much better than we have. It is any right to be. Sean, you watched it? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Saved right, by the well, Bell was we'll like, I, gr- I grew I just... up on Saved by the Bell. It was, I used to, All right, sorry. I used to try to dress exactly like Zach Morris. I used to tuck in sweatshirts because Zach Morris did it one time. That's a wild move. I, I bought those guest shirts, the striped shirts that had guests stitched in. I bought like yeah. four of those because he wore one one time. I named my hamster Zach and Kelly when I was a kid. Wow. Wait, one hamster named Zach and Kelly? One hamster, <laughs> two heads, dude, Zach and Kelly. <laughs> I prefer the reboot because it is much more of a like millennial sense of humor and less earnest. But I got to say, in the flashbacks, like the original, much better costume design. Just oh, in, insane patterns all over the place. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, we may talk about it more. I just wanted to give people, what is there anything that you wrote this year that's not timely that you're really proud of you want to direct anyone towards or Anything you want to direct anyone towards in general? Oh, I wrote at the very beginning of quarantine a piece about how everyone was rewatching Mad Men that was shamelessly inspired by my own personal experience. But it was really fun to just have like an excuse to talk about this show that I really love. And obviously it's not timely. (laughs) So (laughs) I really enjoyed that piece. And I talked to a lot of really smart people for it. And I also wrote a piece about how celebrities are all losing their minds that I think yeah. has truly held up with time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like, those are two pieces I think were are good and, and pretty long lasting. And also I managed to write about Mad Men like three times over the course of quarantine. So it's like an unofficial trilogy. The hat trick. Exactly. Beautiful. Hell yeah. Well, check check all that out. And uh, I am Ian Carmel at Ian Carmel on Twitter, at Ian Carmel on Instagram, at Ian Carmel on Jewish. Uh... <laughs> Shit, I got to start thinking of these in advance. I'm running out of apps. I thought I'm you were the... going to say J-Date, and then I was like, that's not, that would not be. <laughs> I'm not on J-Date anymore. I'm Ian Carmel on Jewish J-Date, though, which is <laughs> even more Jewish J-Date. You guys got to look out for that. 
Jewish dude. My, literally this morning, my mother sent me a New York Times article about some Jewish dating service and was like, in case you're ever off the market again. So oh, man, come that, on. <laughs> that wow. went immediately to my boyfriend. So She's she's living, she's living the opposite of like a Jewish mother stereotype. She's like, you know, not like, when are you going to settle down and give me kids? It's like the other way. It's like. No, I think it's more like, okay, you're settled down. But in case you don't stay that way, here's how you can be that way with someone else so that my needs are taken care of even is if your you're boyfriend Jewish? Yes, extremely. Uh yeah. like my- LA <laughs> born and raised. We we literally had bagels and locks yesterday morning. We are like yes. about that life. My girlfriend also extremely Jewish. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving this life. It's there's a there's a shorthand for things. She's even more Jewish than me. She grew up in like Highland Park in Chicago, like which is like a very Jewish area, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, like I grew up in San Diego, which is literally the least Jewish place in America. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, other, I'm from the other <laughs> least Jewish place, Portland. Yeah, there's no Jews there. Exactly. So I gotta like, I gotta compensate by dating someone who literally went to the same synagogue as Larry David when he was growing up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just bought. I'm within five feet of a Larry David's Larry David uh, long sleeve tee right now. You'll see it later. You'll see it in different episodes. You're going to outfit change halfway through. I might. I might pull an outfit change. He's on it. Yeah. GQ sold it to me weirdly. Shout out to GQ. Shout out to Nathaniel Friedman, another Jew. Shout Mm -hmm. out to Free Darko. We'll do more shout outs at the end of the episode. I have nothing to promote. Uh, Listen to All Fantasy Everything. Be wonderful to each other. Uh, And watch The Late Late Show with James Corden. Check out uh, The Prom. I don't think we're going to talk about it on this episode, but, you know, your boy's in it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I wasn't one of my fa- five favorite things I watched this year, but like, it was like a really fun, glitzy musical. I have a complicated relationship with Ryan Murphy that necessitates that I watch everything he has ever made and have yeah. positive feelings about very little of it, but <laughs> I give him my time. <laughs> yeah. It is very watchable stuff. It will elicit an emotion one way or another. Um, as so has the prom. I really liked it. Uh, anyway, we're not gathered here today to talk about the prom. We are gathered here to recap 2020's uh, year in pop culture, an insane year, a year yeah. uh, I think many of us fixated on media from like other years. Uh, re- rewatching Mad Men, I watched so many old movies this year. It was re- I just rewatched Murder on the Orient Express for like the third time in this calendar year. I watched it with you even once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But stuff came out this year, and we're gonna draft it. Darn uh, right now we the are. way we determine the order of that draft is through a rollicking game of rock paper scissors played between the three of you, and we throw on shoot. Here we go. Rock paper scissors shoot. Ooh, oh, Allison, Allison wins. wins. Damn it. Yeah. Allison, as the winner of Rock, Paper, Scissors, it is incumbent upon you to determine the order of today's draft. But before you do that, I will remind you, it is a serpentine draft. And what is that? That's a great question. It's like if you are all going to, like if you're all gathered around the Christmas tree, say, passing out presents, what we always did is we put a kid on each end, like a child, mm-hmm. and then we would start, we'd say like, all right, here's a present for you. And then we would pass a present out to all the adults in the middle, sort of like left to right. And then on the other end, there'd be a child who, because they always want the presents quicker. Yeah. So we'd give them a present and then everybody would unwrap their presents at the same time. And then to kind of keep the children at bay, we would say, all right, here's the kid on the right gets another present. And then we would go right to left, passing out presents to all the adults. And then the kid on the left would get another present. So for every adult getting one present, the children would each get two to keep uh, them satiated, as it were. Uh, oh. So then you just kind of do that until the presents are gone and uh, the kids are pissed and the adults are drunk. 
Okay, so I'm going to reiterate my Jewish take that <laughs> Christmas is weird, but that was a very helpful explanation. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yes. You nailed yes. it. It was Just helpful. For anyone who didn't understand, if serpentine, it means if you pick fourth in the first round, you pick first in the second round. That's basically what it means. Nice. Oh, speaking of, shout out to the Slack and the holiday gift exchange. Did you guys get your gifts yet? I did. I have not had a phone. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my gift has been sent. I sent my gift in the mail to my guy. I don't, or a girl. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I got mine. I'll tell you this. Shout out Alan Hunt. I got mine. Um, oh, I hope we're supposed to be able to use real name. We can, right? I'm I think sure. so. Yeah. Uh, I got a grip of dope stickers. I got some skate a wax. Grip of dope? smells like grip of dope stickers. He sent me He sent me two eight balls <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> I got some wax that smells like blueberries. It says dope on it. And I just said dope, not even thinking that it said dope on my that's, wax. That's marijuana concentrate, Sean. Yeah. It's, and then I got uh, some cocaine. <laughs> I, got, I got a book to said how to keep your marriage from sucking, which is pretty fun. So I got another book on deck. So shout out. Thank you. Got another book on deck. <laughs> Not a strong reader, Allison. <laughs> he reads though. I'm reading that Jeopardy book. Oh, by my colleague Claire McNeary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. It's uh, it, like when I start reading a book, I I understand why maybe some people who read a bunch can kind of sound pretentious because I spew everything I learn from the book minutes after I read it. I just find someone <laughs> to with ears, and I'm like, you need to, you do you know about Jeopardy? I got some stuff about Jeopardy to tell you. Also, my my coping mechanism for stress is weirdly to like read a lot of nonfiction because just like consuming facts drowns out all the other things. So the last time oh, I yeah. did this was after the election. I read all those fucking corny like here's what you need to read to understand Trump's America. And this time it was like a more diffuse range. But I just posted out all the books I read on Twitter and I was like, wow, I read like three novels this year. And then everything else was like, did you know that the East India Company technically governed the, <laughs> the entire subcontinent for the most of the 19th century. <laughs> I saw your list. I want to read that East India Company book. That seems interesting. It's actually great and very yeah. like subtly communist. It's very like it's super fucked up that they just let like a a for-profit corporation like govern an, a huge a country, country for like a yeah. long time. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very fucked up, but it was like a fucked up thing that was not the fucked up reality that I was living in. So that was like my my thing. But to go back to the Jeopardy book, uh, I'll plug it for Claire. It's called Answers in the Form of Questions. It is like a behind the scenes, you know, sort of history or reported account of Jeopardy. And it was very cool because my friend actually just came out to LA to do Jeopardy, which, you know, yikes, because they're still flying people in. But it was cool to yeah. eat outside with her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that'll be really fun too. God, rest in peace to a true legend, Alex Trebek. I want to shout out the Sean Lacey was my secret Santa and he sent me a nice, a really nice tea diffuser cup because I've been drinking a lot of tea because I've been off coffee. Fun. And then he sent me the Funko Pop figurine that looks like me. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. He's Slacy on the slack is his name. And That's it's the, insane. when I had the mustache before I had to shave it to play Santa Carms, it looks so much like me. It's got the eyebrows. I was about to say that is no longer the precise facial hair figuration configuration yeah. but it is the facial hair configuration you have made like very enduring jokes about in your in your stand-up routine so yeah. i feel like it's more fitting it's me it's it's the real me that mustache will be back and 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 well, probably before right too long be. yeah but uh <laughs> thank you for that and thank you for everyone in the slack i hope you have a really wonderful holiday and everyone on the patreon uh yeah you're just really wonderful now mm -hmm. 
Allison, how you understand uh, what a serpentine means, what will the order of today's draft be? Okay, I'm just going to keep things easy for me. And because this is 2020, instead of the actual order we're sitting in, I'm going to go the order that it is displayed on my on my Zoom gallery view. So Perfect. I am in the top right, then Sean, then David, then Ian. Ian, you're like chilling at the bottom. It's like a great way for the host to be because it looks like you're at the head of the table. That's how my screen is too. Hot corner. Yeah, so I feel like that's a good that's a good order, and also selfishly, I can I can kick things off. I was gonna ask Allison before you pick. Do you feel and the rest of you? Do you feel like there is one clear front runner, or or is it kind of all over the place? I'm I'm all over the place. I'm pretty all over the place. Yeah, okay. like any any year with a pop culture thing, it's more personal taste than almost any other topic we do. You know. Although we yeah. did discuss, I think what is going to be a shared pick. So I may I may monopolize that, and, and oh, so we can that's kick a good this idea. off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was no eclipse this year, but I mean, you know. That's true. There was no eclipse this year. Didn't you take another fucked up pick, too? I took, uh, what was that old shithead's name? Um, the politician. What was his name? Um, Roy? Was it Roy something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like an earthquake or something, but Roy Moore works, no. too. What was it? Roy Moore. That's Roy right. Roy Moore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that year. This is this year, and we will get to that first pick right after this short break. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Now, it's allergy season. I'm not surprising anybody by saying that. And your boy gets hit extremely hard when it comes to the allergies. I get stuffy nose. Feels like I got two blocks of cheese hanging out under my eyes. And then if I try to blow my nose, it just feels like I backed it all up into my brain. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better, which is key. I try to like blow my nose before I go to bed at night, and it just feels like I I got a, like a bunch of five o'clock traffic sitting in my brain. There's, there's like no way out. And with Claritin D, it just helps everything. It helps grease the wheels, helps loosen everything up so I can get it out. I can sleep well. I don't have a raspy voice all the time. 
is just a very beneficial thing, especially if you use your voice for anything like talking or eating, or if you want to use your head for thinking, anything like that. Claritin D has got you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It is time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, listen, we all have things that stress us out. If you don't, then hit me in the DMs. Let me know your secret. I have been trying my whole life to figure out what to do about that. We keep them bottled up. You know, it starts to affect you negatively. I don't care who you are. It just does. You take it out on people. Uh, you know, one, one day it's like the dishes are piling up or whatever. And then you're having, a, you're having a fight over parking space. It just, they bottle up and they come out in negative ways. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Everybody has things that bother them. It could be your best friend in the world. It could be your partner. There's always stuff. That's just human nature. And you don't want to bottle it up. You want to tell people. Sometimes you don't want to tell the person because it doesn't really matter that much, you know, but you want to tell someone. You want to feel like you've been heard. I live in the world. I get how it is. And telling someone, it's always the best. What do you, you know what I mean? You call your best friend, you vent a little bit. You had a rough day at work, you vent. That's what therapy is. It's just somebody who lets you vent and they don't need to vent themselves. Come on, it's perfect. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is done entirely online, like a ton of things these days. It's extremely convenient. You don't got to get up. You don't got to go to the office. You don't got to sit in traffic. You just sit there on the laptop. It's convenient for you. It's flexible. We all got different schedules. You know, you're working nights. They want to work with you. They can help you out. They suit to your schedule. You just go out, you fill out a brief questionnaire. Uh, you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Sometimes you don't get the right fit right away. They want it to work just as bad as you want it to work. So give it a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash allfantasy today to get 10% off of your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash allfantasy. Welcome back to All Fantasy Everything, the only podcast that has ever existed. If you have heard recorded voices, it was All Fantasy Everything. That's it. Yeah. Joe who? Yeah. We don't know who Joe is. Although there is one episode of The Drink Champs with Pharrell, which just came out. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He he talks about how he looks so young. Yeah. It's been good. I'm like, I'm only like half an hour into it, but it's been a real good episode. Drink Drink Champs makes you feel drunk. Yeah. Yeah. They're all in a place recording together, too. It sounds like there's a lot of people in that room. It's it's like, man, people say this podcast is like listening to some people hang out. That podcast is really just some dudes in a room. Yeah, that's dudes in a room. <laughs> just like, just really that. A whole genre of podcast, dudes in a room. That's like how... I do not, frankly, like listen to enough Joe Rogan to have any sort of opinion on it. But once I found out that like a significant proportion of episodes are literally four hours long, I was like, that's that's it. I don't even have any objection to anything ideologically. Just like, just the you know, four you, hour. you can listen just to whatever you want. Just you don't ask me to listen to four hours of it. It's crazy how popular it is and how long it is. That's insane. Like you, all the other most popular podcasts are like, Half an hour to an hour, you know, they're like, and then Joe Rogan, four hours. Right. Like the daily, like the whole thing is like, we give you everything you need to know in like 20 minutes or whatever, and you can go about your day. And this is like, no, you will be spending an afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. This is your whole fucking life now. Yeah. Allison, (laughs) 
You have the first pick in the 2020 recap, All Fantasy Everything Draft. What will that pick be? Okay, well, I've gone for like more conceptual first picks in past years. And I feel like, you know, maybe we can talk about an abstract concept when we talk about this particular pop cultural thing. So you mentioned lots of people watching older stuff from past years. I also feel like the story of the pandemic is like we're all even more addicted to streaming services than we are before. You mentioned Disney, which obviously is like every Marvel thing and children's entertainment known to man. And then, you know, the big daddy is Netflix, uh, host Mm of the Ian Carmel 15 minute special. And, you. you know, I think a thing that a lot of us watched on Netflix that has one thing that came out this year, but is mostly like a very large body of things that you can just binge because we all have an infinite amount of time is what is known for copyright reasons is the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> but we will call Great British Bake Off because that is obviously what it is. But yes. t- this season was a bad season, uh, which I I realized when, because I was watching all the old seasons while I was watching it. And I was like, this is clearly a weaker cast because they had to film it in lockdown. <laughs> and right. normally their whole shtick is that they're just like normal people who go live their lives during the week. But uh, I get the hype now. It's awesome. Had you not watched it before? No, it's like been a thing that I I knew the vibe. I knew like all the things that it was famous for. I knew like Paul Hollywood was British Guy Fieri kind of. (laughs) But (laughs) like (laughs) I never actually taken an interest in it because I'm very much. I'm not one of those people who like literally can't bake at all because I can't follow a recipe. Like I'm very good at just doing it. I'm just more like. I'm not patient enough to prove anything, you know? Like, also, like, yeast is very finicky. Like, I've definitely left stuff, and it just hasn't risen, and it's been not worth the effort. So I haven't been, like, a baking person. And then this was the year where I was like, I have nothing better to do, and also I need, like, a weapons-grade dose of serotonin. (laughs) So You're in there. You're in the lab now. You're baking? Yeah, I haven't really... The most ambitious thing I baked as a result of the show was I made an entire pan of caramel pecan sticky buns, which wow. are like I, I had to like toast sugar, which is a thing that you can do. And then go. it required two proofs. And then like they're so insanely like heavy and sweet that I could only eat like one and a half when they were fresh, which is when you're supposed to eat them. And then I had to yeah. sort of like graze off of a half stale batch for the rest of the week. But uh, it was great. I love I love baking. I love that show. I'm not a great baker at all, but my girlfriend bakes like the fucking dickens. She like yeah. bakes all the time we're making i baked i was with that we baked we baked we, we made challah yeah, we baked yeah. we made challah bread challah's impressive i also i was gifted a stand mixer because my boyfriend's grandma sent him one like unsolicited and he already has one uh-huh. so my, my baking <laughs> game has been elevated i just oh yeah the kitchen aid no a snag which is even it's basically like the less practical kitchen aid for people who look at appliances more than they use them which is also why my boyfriend was like i don't really need this (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah like that's what when i was like what should i make with this stand mixer everyone was like you should make hala or brioche because that shit is a pain in the ass to make if you don't have something that can do the kneading for you yeah I fucking making hollow was great. Speaking of yeast being finicky, it didn't rise the first time. She had to go back to Gelson's for more yeast. <laughs> there you go. She had to go back to Gelson's to get more yeast for the challah. That is the most Jewish that Gelson's has ever sounded. Gelson's is a uh, waspy supermarket. It is, but if you say it right, <clears throat> Gelson's. We used lemons from my lemon tree in the backyard to make lemon muffins once, which was like so wholesome. It's been like 
It's been a big year for nesting, and baking is a very nesting-adjacent, like, activity. You have time. Yeah, you have time. You have, yeah. And you want to fill it. And, like, God, the house smells amazing for, like, a day and a half after you bake. That's yep. how I feel about braising. Like, I, oh, yeah. I'm i definitely more of a, like, yeah. stick short ribs in the oven for six hours and make the entire house smell like red wine. I love but that. But baking, it's mostly, like, I feel like if you bake at all, it just gives you an appreciation for how insanely hard what Bake Off makes them do is. Yes. Why do you think this season wasn't, like, I, I've heard a lot of people say that. I enjoyed this season as much as I enjoyed any season that I've, I mean, like, gone back and rewatched or anything. Especially, I love the, like, kid who won because he always looked like he was just coming in from a snowball fight. Oh, man. I don't want to rag on, on anyone who is clearly as talented as he is, but he was not my favorite. Like, first of all, so the new judge, Matt Lucas, I don't think has, like, I, I enjoy his work as, as a comedian, but he just doesn't have the same chemistry as uh, Noel Fielding did with Sandy, the last judge, where they had a real, like, Noel is, like, seven feet tall and Sandy's, like, an elf. And, Him and they, it, it, it felt like Noel and Matt made each other laugh more than they made, like, they were, like, clearly had, were, like, mates from back in the day and, like, had like were good at cracking each other up, but they weren't, like... They didn't have it was it was a much different it was like almost an inside baseball comedy thing between the two of them. Yeah, this is not this is not like my novel observation, but someone was like GBBO hosts need to be like a Bert and an Ernie, and like yeah. Matt and Noel just had way too like samey energy, and like that didn't Great make point. for a good dynamic. But I think the big thing was just the fact that like they had to do it in quarantine, and what makes GBBO so interesting is the fact that like. They are real amateurs and they make it so that you can do it while you still are like living a normal life. And the fact that like they were on lockdown, right. I'm sure that means like just also like in terms of logistics, they didn't have as much time to practice, which is like a big thing that they are allowed to do. Um, also, like you could just tell like the skill level on average was not as high. And finally, Lottie and Sora, who were like the two best contestants in yeah, terms of like being on camera, just went home way too early, and there was just no one to root for. So shocked by Lottie going home early. I I thought it was she was top three for sure. Like she was gonna be, but you know that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think she's gonna have the best <laughs> like post career. That's also like my favorite part of GBBO is getting into the sort of like Bachelor universe part of it where oh, like yeah. people have become <laughs> genuinely big and important, but in like wholesome, cute ways instead of like soul eating yeah. <laughs> influencer ways. Did either of you bros watch uh, Great British Bake Off? Not at all. A little bit with you. But I'm enjoying the recap. Yeah, yeah. yeah get into it. <laughs> all right. I will, I will just share one last take because this is not great podcasting if you guys can't participate fully in the conversation. But there's like two eras. There's the like public broadcasting era where they have Mary Berry, who's basically the mm -hmm. British Martha Stewart and Mel, Mel and Sue, who are this comedy duo. And I know everyone got like really upset when they went to the for-profit Channel 4 and like had more of a talent Basically, the, Paul Hollywood is the only one who stayed, which, like, maybe doesn't reflect on him well as a person. <laughs> but uh, I kind of prefer the newer people. Like, Prue Leith is oh, iconic. Yeah. Like, I yeah. looked up her life history, and it's insane. Oh, I haven't looked it up. What's up What's up with her? Give us. So, okay, I'll just give a pocket history. She's from South yeah. Africa. That's, like, why her accent isn't, like, totally British. Her first husband is a Kroger who is, like, basically a... Uh, you know, also it's South Africa, so there's definitely a lot of fucked up history there. Like, she's a rich white lady from a colonialist country. 
Yeah. Like, just that disclaimer needs to be out there. But her first husband was basically South African royalty, like descendant of one of the like governors. There's a national park named after the family. He's like 20 something years older than her. And they met because he was the husband of her mom's best friend. And when she was like 20, they were have, they like had an affair and like Whoa. caused a whole scandal. Oh, really? oh mm. yeah. And then, mm. um, you know, she just like is one of those like colorful old ladies who, t- like constantly drop stories about like, oh, when I was like in a like hotel kitchen in Hong Kong or like her biography includes a story about going to an orgy in Paris and not participating. Wow. <laughs> and then finally her her and her current husband only moved in together during lockdown. And for 11 years, they had like adjacent mansions in the Cornish countryside because what? she was like, I don't want to have it was like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg. Like, I don't want to have someone's stuff in my house. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Again, like, white woman from South Africa and her son is like an MP who's friends with Boris Johnson. So, like. Oh, yeah. I had somebody tweet. I was tweeting about it and somebody like hit a or Dana tweeted about it. And someone was like, oh, you heard kids like a Tory. I'm like, I can't care about well, that. Well, also, they I'm constantly sorry. joke on the show about how posh she is. And she's like yeah. very self-aware about the fact that she's like a glamorous rich lady. Yeah. Which is just much more fun to me than Mary Berry, who's like a very prim British grandma. Prue dresses and clothing that you can only buy at museum, like modern art museum gift stores, too. Like, that's all of her clothing and, and like, jewelry. I just can't, but I just can't get worked up about, like, a British, a posh British woman's son's politics. Like, that can't cancel a show for me. I'm sorry. There are things that can cancel shows for me, but that's definitely not one of them. But, yeah, baking. Big fucking year for baking. We're gonna we're gonna cook some shit out of this. Oh Claire's shit! Cookbook, okay, by the way, that's another. Person. Yeah, <laughs> that is another thing we will probably talk about later on this podcast. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think GBBO is like really huge here because it's American. It's uh, on Netflix in America, and then also the fact that I feel like this is the first or second year that it came out weekly, and like everyone I know was watching it like a sport. It was yes. like. I'm so upset that Lottie went home. Sorry, guys. Like, I'm so upset that this person (laughs) won. Like, it just, because there was so little to do, it was really funny to watch people get, like, really, really invested in this thing that is, like, deliberately low stakes. I can't recommend it strongly enough. Excellent pick. Excellent first pick. Sean, time for your first pick. Tiger King. Oh, my God. I forgot forgot that that was this year. I did, too. It wasn't even on my list. That's so funny. That was the, I remember watching it being like, as we watched it, I realized that this wasn't going to be a fun two week lockdown. This wasn't going to be a fun. Well, because in the very beginning, I remember being like, yeah, I got a, what, fuck it, a few weeks, it'll be like a long sleepover. And then I I remember watching Tiger King over the course of like a week and realizing like, this is going to be a minute that we're doing this. (laughs) I like how Tiger King was what made you realize that. It's just like so dark and chaotic that you were like, you know what? This this is, the whole year is going to be like this. It was just the like, it couldn't be good. The the week of like, because we would, we'd be like, all right, let's watch Couple Tonight. But (laughs) we hadn't really gotten to that level of like, let's watch seven episodes of one thing tonight. And then over the week, there was no, no positive like we're coming out of this news and yeah. i remember finishing the tiger king pretty quick and being like okay it's gonna we'll be doing this for a minute <laughs> but yeah tiger king man fascinating had everything there gripping uh the characters were just bananas you wouldn't believe any of it if they weren't sitting there telling you people missing limbs i mean it was just 
crazy. It was just shocker the, after shocker. The, the, denim, in that. the denim alone in that movie was enough oh my God. in that show to be like, holy buckets, people have denim like this somewhere? His music career? <laughs> yeah, dude. That shitbag from Las Vegas, whatever his name was. All those, every just reveal <laughs> after reveal after reveal. The fact that like, like the fact that he was gay and had you, that was like a, this. It was like what that too. Like I mean, like just all these fucking curveballs. You're like that guy <laughs> and his boyfriend too. His boyfriend where it he like did not stop. His boyfriend wasn't gay, but he was like, well, I just I I love the Tiger King so much that yeah yeah I'll be gay. I'll you know I yeah I think I love him so much that he's he's turned my sexuality. I mean the fact that. That lady definitely maybe murdered her husband and then was on Carol dancing Baskin. with was on dancing oh, with yeah. the stars like yes! four, five months later and everyone was like, This is definitely who we should be giving a public platform to at this point yeah. in time. She murdered her husband for sure. That was crazy. I mean allegedly. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not here. I'm not here. Fucking nuts. I think like, I mean, that was that would have been huge no matter when it got dropped, but like when it got dropped. Yeah, just like what are they? Luck is preparation meets opportunity. Like everyone watched that shit. It was like everywhere because I was really heavy on Twitter and stuff at that time in the year, and yeah. it was just like that's all anybody. There's so many screening. That's all anybody was talking about for a few days. I mean, that was right when I got on TikTok, and like the the biggest meme that I saw was the audio of Joe Exotic just like listing everything that is like going on with him where he's like, I am gay. I am addicted to drugs. And it's just, <laughs> and that audio would just be playing over. Like someone made a crochet out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that to me was the first where it's like, that's what I'll think about. I think hopefully when I look back and the, the, the harshness of all this gradually fades away in your mind and you look back and you have memory. That'll be one of them where I'm like, I remember the beginning when I watched Tiger King and how it just completely, <laughs> how I realized a few things when I watched it over the course of a week that this would be. It will be indelibly linked to yeah, early yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Tiger King. And Tigers. And Tigers. Excellent pick. Yeah, Tiger King. David, time for your first pick. Uh, my first pick, I didn't even engage in this. I just uh, saw it happen and I think it's like, one of the more 2020 things to happen is uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, oh dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just like just like people looking for a community because we're all stuck inside. It's such a like, it's always going to be tied to this time for me. This is your fucking the smell of weed pick, dude. Yeah. This is my smell of weed. Yeah. <laughs> saying, I didn't, you're going for the power team right now. You want the I good I spent draft. hundreds of hours on that game. <laughs> hundreds. I, I was about to say, like, who here played it? Because I, like, Ian don't Marissa, play video games. Me, yeah. Marissa was in it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was in it. <laughs> Marissa's pissed. Marissa was going to pick it. Marissa, are you heated right now? Are you just doing? A, are you doing a beat saber with the broom handle just to get the energy out? I I didn't actually think of Animal Crossing, so I'm just glad it got brought up because I think it's a great pick. Hell yeah! It was, yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's just so indicative of this year, top to bottom. Yeah, it's just like really interesting that people were like to be able to find that community. Like people were doing shows stand up on shows there and in stuff. there. Jenny Ang, yeah, she had like the uh, stand up shows on there. Which was probably one of my favorite stand-up shows I saw streamed because you could hear the audience and it was just funny to see the stand-ups as little Animal Crossing characters. I thought he was a lot of fun. Very adorable. It also feels like a good like 
bookend with Cyberpunk 2077 where it's like, here's a video game that actually like worked and brought people together. And like, that's one thing we really needed in 2020. And here's something that's a complete fucking train wreck that doesn't work for anyone and made everyone mad, which also feels very 2020. Yeah. Didn't they recall it or something? Yeah. Yeah, Sony was like, we're going to give everyone refunds. And then they took it out of the store. Whoa. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge gamer, but uh, Animal Crossing. Animal yeah. Crossing was great. It was kind of in the lineage of like Stardew Valley, just like a a, a very peaceful game where you just kind of hang out and like right. sure. do things, grow things, like meet people on the island, decorate a bunch of. Speaking of, we were talking about the uh, the Slack earlier. There was like a big Stardew Valley community on the Slack. We would go to each other's islands, sell turnips for each other, like all That's the all the things awesome you got to do. To me. That makes me, I remembered when you guys would talk about it, it made me be like, I want to play games. That's one where I'm like, I want to do that. It sounds fun. I don't know. Remember I don't when AOC play like Call got of Duty. on it and was like, who's going to go to my island? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Except my uncle Steve. He probably wouldn't go, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I know I know. this he person sucks. will not be identified, but they are definitely a boomer, but they uh, donated to AOC's primary, uh, like, primary challengers campaign. And I was like, imagine missing the point that hard. Oh. Wait, who did? Just uh, an Just older someone. person in my life who is a, yeah. still a Democrat, but, like, on the conservative side donated oh to... <laughs> Her yeah. That's bonkers. Oh, Vey. Animal, animal, animal Crossing. It was so fun. I literally probably spent hundreds of hours on that because that was early quarantine as well. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah. It's when we were doing the show in the garage and I would like wake up, do my first like hour of work stuff, then jump on Star- or, uh, on uh, Animal Crossing, play that, and then I would just keep it open intermittently like throughout the workday because like our workdays ended up being like 14 hours, like just right, insane right. amounts of time because everything was being done remotely. So there would just be these like 45 minute gaps where I'd be like, all right, let me fucking go harvest apples or like whatever. Yeah, like 14 hours, but like you're not doing it the whole time. It's not not a 14 hour straight through. Yeah, but like the days would start at like 7 a.m. and then end at like nine sometimes would be like the final meeting of the night. Like initially when you wake up, you you would say, why'd you leave your makeup on the table? Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well we were in glendale at the time so absolutely I, I did that you have to sing yeah. it every time you wake up yeah. <laughs> speaking of switch i started playing breath of the wild this year that zelda game it didn't come out this year so obviously we can't take it but ooh boy that is good i can't believe Maybe. i slept on it for so didn't long didn't you put out a ukulele album called breath of the wild yes yes i did yeah <laughs> ukulele and pan flute uh, <laughs> fan flute shit that would have yeah, been better I couldn't think of anything quick at the same time. That's all right. <laughs> there's a ukulele on our dining room table that's why, that's why I said that Breath of the Wild is actually what you hear when you call David's old phone oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you just hear the Breath of the Wild this is the bottom of the lake it picks up every oh, time stop it this is the bottom of the lake how's your body <laughs> I'm wet and I'm cold <laughs> anyway sorry animal crossing excellent pick time for my first and second picks as it is as it is uh uh, oh so okay i'm gonna have to take a tv show with my first one i'm gonna go tv shows and i am going to take the latest season of the crime yes yeah yes had to get brought up thank you (laughs) Thank you. Thank you yes. for picking the latest season of the, the crown. Crane. Yes, the yes. crane. 
Olivia Coleman, I forget it was an interview with someone, and she like, you know how when someone does a voice, they usually have like a word that gets them into that voice. And they were like, What's your word that gets you into like Queen Elizabeth? And she's like, You say yes, but you say it like ears. Yes. 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 <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. I'm gonna do it for the rest of the yes. day, I think. Sean, did you empty the litter boxes? Is <laughs> God. All day, dude. can I give a give a book recommendation? Speaking of all the nonfiction yes. that I inhaled in quarantine, this was like also in early March. So this was like really when it all hit. I read Tina Brown's biography of Princess Diana, Ooh. which if you read, if you watch the fourth season of The Crown, and you're like, wow, Prince Charles is a real piece of shit, and you want to keep feeling that. You should read <laughs> that book because it's basically just like a much more detailed story of, you know, where Diana was coming from and like what happened with their marriage. And also it's like very bitchy and dishy because it's Tina Brown. So now, pardon my pardon my ignorance here. Um, so what happened? I'm not giving any spoilers because this is true. What happened? Right. Like you should know the story of Princess Di and Prince Charles. Yeah. You, yes. uh, did you watch The Crown, Sean? No. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't. I put it on my list and Laura, like immediately she looks over. She's like, you didn't watch it. And I was like, it's at the bottom of my list. I'm just saying. <laughs> but she took a tone like, yes. well, you can't say that. And I was like, listen, I don't smoke weed, but you didn't stop me. So Prince Charles and Di, that was an arranged marriage, right? To get him away from Camilla. No, or not quite. It was like a very officially sanctioned marriage because when you're the Prince of England, you can't just date whoever. The pool is like a hundred people or whatever, like a hundred, two hundred people <laughs> okay. who you could have like acceptably married, right? Like, but he was in love with Camilla, right? Yeah. So like yeah. he and Camilla have a long-standing affair, and he's thirty-two when they get married, and Diana was like twenty. So also before I read the book, I didn't really know anything about them except like she was very famous and she died tragically and they did not have a happy marriage and I didn't really get all the details and one mm -hmm. of the things that you get from both the season of the crown and the book is like the she was so fucking young when they got married yeah. they mm -hmm. had nothing in common and they met get this before they literally walked down the aisle and got married they met in person like 13 times yeah and then they were like together what for what was supposed to be for life and yes. he was like old for 32 and she was like, it seemed like young even for 20. That's what she's like in the show. She's roller skating through the palace, you know, listening to like Duran Duran or whatever. They do yeah. a good job of like illustrating that. The show also, I think, does a great job of illustrating her like, her just her magnetism and her charisma. Like when they go to the episode where they go to Australia or when they go to America and she like hugs that child who has AIDS, which was like a huge moment. She was just like, it's weird, like, she just understood. I don't even know if she understood. Maybe the book goes more into this, but like either she was just like uh, naturally adept at it or understood like modern media and how to like come off well, like so much better than anyone in the royal family. And they all hated her for it. Like they okay. were all just so bitter. Yeah, which, but it's also weird because she was known as the people's princess. And like, for the royal standards of the royal family, it was kind of a big deal slash slight widening of the eligibility pool. But she's still from a very aristocratic background. And like, very, um, like a thing I learned is that her grandfather or father is like, I'm going to fuck up the actual title, but it's something like Earl Chester. And it's like, it is a higher 
more prestigious title to be called the Earl Proper Noun than the Earl of Proper Noun. And that's the thing that people like really care about in England. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but basically the season of The Crown, for those who haven't watched, it's every season is a decade. At first, people are like, why is anyone going to watch a show about Queen Elizabeth II? And a lot of it is basically making like kind of dry, boring history exciting. But then the 80s are A, Princess Diana and B, Margaret Thatcher. And those are two like very iconoclastic, very famous, very important figures. And Emma Curran plays Princess Diana and Gillian Anderson, who until recently was dating the man who created the crown, plays Margaret Thatcher. And she is awesome. I loved her. I saw people, like, right when the season came out, I saw some people criticizing her, saying, like, she's playing, like, an SNL version of Margaret Thatcher. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then I watched it, and I'm like, what the fuck were you talking about? She did so good. Also, like, have you seen Margaret Thatcher? Like, she is a cartoon. She is a character. (laughs) Oh, she was so good. And then, like, just all the revolving characters, too, are so, like, Princess Anne is always amazing. And you got to meet, like, Prince Andrew, but like uh, like all the other like the crown kids and like everything. vaguely alluding to Jeffrey Epstein without actually saying what it's talking about was an incredible moment. Yeah, that was amazing. God, it's just it's just so fucking good. Even I didn't have any interest in like British royalty before I started watching The Crown, and there's only four sh- uh, seasons of it, uh, and it like pulled me in immediately. It's so well written. Oh, it's so okay. great, and also I gotta say, like politically, I almost resented how sympathetic. You know, it, it acknowledges that Margaret Thatcher did a lot of stuff that was not great, but they it manages to make, like, fucking Queen Bootstraps herself be, like, the voice of populist resentment against the monarchy. Because yeah. <laughs> there's an episode where she goes to their castle and has a terrible time and is like, fuck all you people. You have done nothing to earn anything. You are so unpleasant to be around. I do not respect you. I do not owe you any of my time. I'm going to go do my job that people elected me to and that I earned. And you can all chill and you're like yes and then you're like wait that's margaret thatcher, that's I, margaret don't, thatcher. I don't like this person <laughs> i will not play ibble dibble oh my god have you seen that <laughs> have you seen that video where the uh impressionist i think her her like twitter name is lisa b experience and she's like i need i'm going to have a private audience with the queen immediately and it's a cut out of beyonce (laughs) (laughs) it's just an incredible impression and it just builds up to a great joke and this also picked this also lets me do my uh prince philip impression which i'm which i've i've been workshopping for a while and i think it's Uh getting pretty good is it you got it there let me see if i got it let me see if i can call upon prince philip is which would you Welcome back, welcome back to All Fantasy Everything, podcast where we fantasy drift anything and everything from the world of pop culture. Sean Jordan, Sean is, Sean, Sean is Jordan on Twitter, Sean Cougar Mellon Jordan on the gram. Yeah. Let's do it. It's, it's all right, right? Yeah. I think that's a yeah. good, that's a good, like, English ar- aristocrat. I don't know if it's quite Prince Philip. Because you got to get that like, Tobias. <laughs> okay, had a great time. Something <laughs> happened to the show. I don't know, like Tobias Menzies is such great, like gravel in his voice. Maybe, and, uh, what, what would they? What would they have us do? What would, what would they have us do? do? Supposed to keep your mouth. Broke. What would they have us do? And is my favorite. I don't know. I'm also doing a shitty job. Yours is way better than mine. And is my favorite. And is my favorite. We'll come back next year. I'll have it again, I'll have it again next year. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to do Harvey Firestein for the rest of the podcast. Uh, 
So I'm going to go. I took the crown with my first one. I'm going, ah, shit, this is tough. There's a lot of, there wasn't one clear pick for me, but there is a lot of stuff at the top. And then, ugh. Got to rip the band I'm, 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 I'm going TV show, TV show. I'm taking Mando. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you, do you, are you caught up? Do you watch it? Yeah, I just got, I finished it last night. So, dude. For the next, I don't know. So, okay, for the let's like spoilers. I only I watched like the, only the early part of the season. So, Sean, would you be mad if we get spoiled? Yeah. Uh, no, I know I know Baby David, Yoda's name. No, I won't be mad at all. So, for the next like two minutes, yeah, Sean, we can talk about spoilers. So, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the end of the Mandalorian yet, go ahead and fast and, forward. And about, we're being fair. I don't want to hear any shit. I don't want to catch any guff on social media from this because no. we're being fair. We've given you now plenty of warning. I'm Plenty. literally setting a timer right now for two minutes, and we will stop after two minutes no matter what. <laughs> I'm starting right now, and again, we'll be back in two minutes, not spoiling it. That was so dope that Luke Skywalker came out at the end of it. That was oh fucking rad. <laughs> you, you, you said you don't care, right? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. care. It's already happened. We're, on, we're, we're 12 yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. in. Sean, yeah. go, I, go. Like, I, was, I saw all the stuff almost, about how like, it's bigger now, and they're expanding the universe, it so like, it makes a lot of sense. I was almost crying. They have... So Grand Moff Gideon has the black lightsaber and he fights Mando in the last one. And you're just like, is he going to lose? Is he going to cut his Mandalorian like steel? And yeah. then when Luke showed up and just, it was reminiscent of Vader in, um, I forget the newest one where Vader goes through the hallway and just fucks up all, everyone. That's what Luke did to all the black, not the, the dark troopers they were calling him. Luke wrecked shit. Yeah, yeah. Wrecked and, shit. And you saw- Who do they you, have playing him? Mark Hamill. Young, what? young like, Mark Hamill. In, in, I don't know. In, oh, I forgot. It's it's between. Okay, I forgot about the timeline. But, but, 19 but, but years it, after no, Jedi. It looks like it doesn't even look like Jedi Mark Hamill. It looks like a New Hope Mark Hamill before the car what? accident. Yeah. I don't. Disney's got some fucked up technology <laughs> or their own clones. I wouldn't yeah. put that past them. That could somewhere. be it. And they like it's like the Irishman de aging, but like in a way you couldn't possibly make fun of. It's like it's done really, really well. I think right when it showed up, when the X wing flew in, and they're like one X wing, I got goosebumps and I almost I started too. crying because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. One so X wing, and then the green lightsaber, and you're like, only one person has a green lightsaber, and then he's like <laughs> wrecking. Sh oh, and like, and then just did you watch after the credits? No, there's an after the credits. Watch after the credits. Oh, I won't wreck There's an after watch the credits. Watch Man, out for the I don't want to like yuck anyone's <laughs> yum. Like I totally also like the Mandalorian. The score is amazing. Shout out to oh, Logan Morrison. Yeah. And like they, the action that they stage is super cool. I respect like what people really like about it, but just the fact that it is packaged to this like Disney death star, like we're literally rolling out 10 more shows. Give me all of them. Give me all of them. I love yeah. Pause for a second. From this moment on, no more spoilers about what happens in the in the second half of uh, the Mandalorian. That's oh, two I, okay. I accidentally transitioned us out to the conceptual <laughs> stuff. You're welcome. You're, you're natural. I'll take all the Disney stuff you got. Gay could make thirty more Star Wars movies. I like the yeah. prequels. It's all I'm. It's all gravy. I to like me, the like, prequels because they're so goddamn weird. They could never come out of the like IP machine that modern Disney yeah. is. That that's my thing. I well, love I'm, all the main movies except for Episode Nine, the like most recent one, Rise of Skywalker. That I one just, sucked. Look at how oh, yeah. look at how good the Mandalorian is. That was something that people I imagine were like, oh, more Disney stuff or more Star Wars, but it's so good. You know, if it's bad, then I lose nothing. If it's good, then I gain a good show or but movie. But even so The Mandalorian, I'm to me, like, it's amazing at 
action and like world building and stuff but the stuff that i go to care go to tv for is like character like how how hype we just got talking about margaret fucking thatcher yeah absolutely. i don't i don't get that when i'm talking about either like mando we're done with the star wars now we got to delete that because we were done with the star wars spoilers so sorry everybody yeah, Jillian Anderson shows up as Margaret Thatcher in The Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, sorry. I should not have let that slip. Baby Yoda can take care of Baby Yoda's self. I will not call him Grogu. Uh, I would, I agree with you. It's it's a different kind of TV show. And that's kind of, I may have said this the last time we talked about The Mandalorian, but like that's kind of what I like about it. It has more in common with like Doctor Who or Walker, Texas Ranger than it does with like The Sopranos or Mad Men. It's yeah, not it's, like it's a Western kids yeah. serial, and like it's very good at being that. I don't again. Yeah. I don't mean to be one of those people who's like Star Wars is for fucking kids. Like I cried when I saw the Last Jedi in theaters, and I saw it yeah. like two or three times. Like oh, yeah. don't don't worry, <laughs> I'm I'm in. But <laughs> just I don't know. Like it, Mando doesn't click for me the way it does for other people, and that's like a me thing. I don't sure. think it was. I I just took it second. I don't. It wasn't my second favorite thing that came out this year i don't or sorry it wasn't the second best thing that came out this year i don't even think it was one of the 10 best things that came out this year if we're talking about like an artistic achievement the way we maybe traditionally would but it hooked me so fucking hard and like especially that last episode like was one of the coolest the last part of that last episode was like one of the coolest experiences i've had watching something all year it just Pedro fucking Pascal's shook me like voice that. man he, that got me right away where oh, i'm like yeah. Ooh, the viper <laughs> That is the best gig in show business. Can you imagine you are starring in the biggest show on TV and you don't have to do that much? You're like, you could be David. You could just record from a a remote ice fishing (laughs) hut, dude. You could do all his. I mean, don't tell Viacom, dude. Yeah. (laughs) The Mandalorian, dude, out here ice fishing. The Mandalorian. <laughs> also, I don't know if we're allowed to mention this, but I did a I did a whole story about animation, and David actually referred me to like some people I ended up talking to for the for the story. So that was super oh, helpful. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. come on, guys! We're outing all my stuff today. That's right, <laughs> dude. David David's also a huge figure in the in the uh, in the vegan fur community right now. Yeah, I'm also he's, deep throat. He's also deep throat. <laughs> Not Figure that, that one though. A different one. Different. Yeah, one. different. Whole different subreddit. David's running the uh, the Brooklyn Nets front office. He's a shadow GM. What else you got going on? That's crazy. Shadow GM. <laughs> You're on the Biden transition team. You have like right. an incoming yeah. role yeah, yeah, yeah. as climate star. They're re- he's yeah. relaunching Genuine, the R&B singer. I mean, we're in talks. We're in yeah. talks. Guys, this isn't about me. This is about the end of the year. All know? right. You're right. You're right. Well, let's get to your second pick, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my second pick, and this is a weird one, but this is also always going to make me think of this year and just the way it happened is so so oddly now is the rise of dogface 420 oh, oh yeah. yeah yes absolutely absolutely like, whoa we were all doing so bad that we just wanted to see a guy who was okay riding a skateboard yeah like what the well, the first time i saw that clip i did watch it over and over and over again and it did make me feel so good then Genuine i went back in like yeah, then I went back and listened to that album and was like, this album is great. The song charted because of that video. That was the crazy yeah. part. Like, Fleetwood Mac, like, rumors went on the charts again. And then also, like, multiple members of Fleetwood Mac got in on the meme. It was yeah. crazy. Rumors is such a good album. And it's fun to just look. like, now all these kids are like, I bet. I, I don't know, but I bet there were so many kids that were like, 
who sings this song? And then they found out about Fleetwood Mac and this dope album, and that's now they're, so cool. now they're banging the tusk and shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he got he got like the car filled with ocean spray. <laughs> yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I was looking. I, I I was reading. Does he not live in L.A.? He lives in Boise. No, he doesn't live in L.A. Yeah, at all. Well, I thought he was an L.A. He's dude. native and lives like somewhere in the Mountain West, and was literally like commuting to work on his skateboard, Truck and which down. was why he ended up getting a car because people were like, yeah. "This dude needs like transportation." That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was also living in like a trailer. It's just like the most 2020, and like social media has been so terribly toxic this year. Yeah, it was really nice to take something. That's just like simple and easy from it. That's an Absolutely. excellent point. Yeah. And it was just, and it was just so this year, just so this year, people just wanted to see somebody who looked like he was okay. Even to the point you know that he I mean? got coronavirus. It was so this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so, yeah, he got Corona and like, and just watching him come up, you know what I mean? He's got like a place and he, like, I think he uh, proposed to his girl. His family seems to be doing better. Yep. It's like all that, like sometimes social media is okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Give he's that like avoided media. milkshake ducking is like very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems to be very like, he seems to be very Zen as far as like take it all as it comes, but then he's not, I don't think he'll be too upset when it leaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like, like not being corny about it, but did Sean, were you yeah. asking me to explain what, 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 what is, a milkshake duck is? Milkshake duck. Is that, are the kids doing that? What is a milkshake duck? It is a, it is a phrase that comes from a tweet where it's like, oh, like everyone loves the milkshake duck. The duck that drinks milkshakes. Like two weeks later, we regret to inform you that the duck is racist. That was like yeah. a meme. Yeah. And now milkshake okay. ducking refers to the thing where like someone becomes a big viral success yeah. and then you sort of like, like um, Ken Bone. Like the Ken dude. Ken Bone. Yeah, That's where, exactly where everyone was like, oh my God, the dude in the sweater. And then he turned out to be in like weird porn and shit. And like all okay. that was in, in the public eye. <laughs> so like you a milkshake duck. I go upstairs duck. and use it on the queen. Oh, Laura, your milkshake ducking over here. What do you, and then I'm going to walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> go Don't walk outside, and smoke a clove. Hell yeah. Don't confuse it with Donald Ducking, which is where you're a shirt no pants, dude, which yeah, you know. very different. Yeah. <laughs> also a meme from Cyberpunk 2077. Is it? Yeah. That's like a thing that uh, your avatar will just like randomly be like standing and won't have pants on. Oh my God. <laughs> Game sounds fine to me. Game sounds fine to me. <laughs> yeah. Good call, David. Sion, time for your first second pick. I'm going to stick with. Uh, Television, and I'm gonna pick The Last Dance, starring oh, one Michael nice. Jordan. Motherfucker. Oh shit! Yeah, that was on my list for sure. That was, and that was again like going. So that was a little farther in, and I remember they were teasing it so much, and I was just because at that point I was like, I'm inside. I'm give me this, and they kept it weekly. I can't believe I forgot it. I can't believe I fucking forgot The Last Dance. So they kept it weekly too, which is nice because it gave me a semblance of like. You know, cool. This is norm. I can't binge this. I can't watch the whole shit right right away. So, but it yeah. was also and, like two hours a week. So you got the thing where everyone was just watching it for like more than they normally would. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was gripping. I mean, it didn't make Michael Jordan look like a great guy because he he wasn't. We, he's I, not a great guy. <laughs> having known that, it was amazing to see it like acknowledged. Yeah. Well, and but they also he wasn't like a super cuz I feel like people are on either side of the fence but no one's in the middle. He's not like a super villain. He's just a very competitive dude. That's person. how you know Michael Jordan is a psycho because he was involved in the production of that in a big way. 
And, and he was like, off, yes. And still came off kind of bad, but he was like, this is damage control. Like, you, yeah, know, you know how I know he's a psycho is every single shot when he was interviewed, his glass of whiskey was at a different level. That's how I know he's a psycho where I'm like, you're just getting shithoused this whole time. And then he starts oh. crying and you're like, you're drunk. This is God, a drunk cry. The, meme, is- the <laughs> meme of like, and I took that personally, is also just like a truly versatile and widely oh, yeah. usable meme. Also, this yeah. is going to sound like very dumb, but I feel like I forget just how insanely rich Michael Jordan is because of oh, yeah. all the shoe stuff. Sure. Like, he's not just like ex-pro athlete rich. He is like delusional compound. I don't ever oh, yeah. interact with normal people rich. How are and, you like, supposed to be realistic when you have that kind of money? It'd be hard. He's a billionaire. Yeah. And yeah. I he mean, aside from Chuck team. Taylor, he's like, he invented the pro shoe, right? Like he was the first person that he did it. He did the whole thing, pioneered it all. Anyway, it was just very, the whole thing was interesting. Uh, Pippin, like seeing, seeing, seeing some interviews with Scottie Pippen was real fun. How slow that dude talks really oh, threw yeah. me. That got me through weeks of quarantine where I'm like, man, he's pretty chilled out, Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's <laughs> taking it easy. Why can't I? I don't know. Scottie Pippen's having a bad year. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's yeah, not going. His ex wife is like a is all. like a reality TV character now. Yeah, he's having a tough time. <laughs> yeah. Scottie Pippen Jr. is like a decent college basketball player, though. You know, yeah. he's out here doing it. Um yeah, I loved all the little like the there were little like satellite documentaries. You got a little bit about Steve Kerr, you got the Phil Jackson uh-huh. one, you got like yeah. all that stuff. You all got that Tony Olympic Kukoc stuff that I've Olympics. been wanting to see yeah. forever. <laughs> and you get like Tony Kukoc, who was uh, Bill, um, what's his name? The or BJ Armstrong. You get to see the interviews with the side players where you're like, cool, let me let me hear from them a little bit. Yeah. I haven't heard from them in 20 years. I always wanted to know what Luke Longley thought. Uh, the Longley yeah, tapes. No. Longley. It was also fun just having it be at the same time every week. And then like, like I said, I was on social media a lot at that point. So it was just like, oh, it's Sunday or whatever day it was. Everybody's all mm-hmm. excited. CJ Toledano's wearing a new outfit. It was yeah, just yeah. a good time. <laughs> it would like calm down Twitter for for a while, where it'd be like, "This is what's on Twitter for a while, so it's safe to not get super bummed when I look at it. I'll probably be seeing shit about this." And we didn't have sports at that moment. It was like, yeah. so we, yeah. it was sports. Yeah, great yeah. That's pick. the other thing we didn't have. Yeah, great. Allison, time for the old two three special. It's a, as it is a serpentine draft. Okay. So I'm going to piggyback on the dog face 420 thing. And this is this is my actual conceptual pick for this year, which is just TikTok. Like, yeah. I feel like before yeah. quarantine, <laughs> it was a big like, oh, it's the app that all the kids use to do dance trends or whatever. We all got really bored. I downloaded it right away. And it's incredible. Like, it is. Ab- <laughs> I watched it more than I am a professional TV critic. I watched more TikTok than I did TV this year. And uh I just want to say, I know, you know, ByteDance is not the best company and it takes all your information. They can have it because they, in exchange, <laughs> they deliver an incredible product. It is genuinely eerie the way, like, it will clearly scrape, like, your texts and stuff because when I started watching Bake Off, I started getting all these, like, Bake Off-related TikToks and I did not, like, tell it to do that. It knows, like, locations, (laughs) so it'll send you, like, L.A.-specific stuff, but also clearly knows I used to live in New York, so I get New York stuff. Like, it's just so creative and relatively not toxic if you stay out of the, like, children who are constantly breaking quarantine part of it. Oh, yeah. But I just feel like this was the year where it became, like, a real mainstream thing and became, like... I send it to my friends all the time and became like 
where a lot of memes come out of. So, like, you'll see them later on Twitter, but, like, they started on TikTok and just it really, like, became a giant fixture of my life this year, whereas I it was not before. We did stuff on The Late Late Show that was, like, where it was, like, let's invite this TikTok person on and then bring them into TV. Like, we did this, like, Thanksgiving musical thing with, like, Audra McDonald and, uh, and oh, God, I, was, I forget who else was in all these, like, huge Broadway stars who uh, Patty LaPone, Audra McDonald, like massive. I think Gad was in it like massive Broadway stars. And it was because the the person who went up doing the Ratatouille musical earlier had done like a, uh, like just a TikTok where it was like a bunch of different people singing, like at breakup at a grocery store. And we were like, let's take that and put it on TV. So like we informed our show with that kind of thing and brought like TikTok people in to do it. It was really amazing. I, I'm not on TikTok at all. And it will probably be the end of me at some point. I mean, it's like, so easy. That's the thing is like when you start on Twitter or Instagram or like Reddit, like you need to assemble, like you need to figure out who to follow. You need to figure out like where the cool places are to go. And on TikTok, like I had two or three days of like the uh, Charlie D'Amelio and like cute animal videos. But yeah. once it starts like figuring out what you want or like you have someone tell you like four or five so accounts creepy. to like follow. Listen, it's creepy, but like it delivers with the product. I'm not a conspiracy. I'm like, yeah, take my information. I don't have anything that I wouldn't just like give how you. many stupid ass ads have you gotten where you're like, you clearly don't understand what I want at all. This is so dumb. Or like, I just bought this and you're advertising it back to me, but yeah. I don't need it because I just bought it. And then TikTok like actually does manage to deliver stuff you want. And I like it. I look at shoes all the time and then sometimes I'll get ads for shoes and I go to the site and I'm like, oh, look at that. The cheap shoes I was looking for. There they are. They're 20 bucks less than they were at fucking wherever at CCS. So, yeah. But also, hey. like, I moved apartments in quarantine and I followed a bunch of, like I was saying before, furniture accounts on Instagram. And then all of a sudden I started getting these, like, very vibey TikToks of, like, cool looking living rooms <laughs> where uh -huh. someone would just pan the camera in slow motion and play, like, the Animal Crossing theme. Yeah. Probably looks a lot like my screen right now if we're talking about yeah. vibey living rooms, you know? Yeah, yeah I have a oh, vibey exactly. basement down here. Yeah. But I just feel like it really like dominated this year and like broke through to different like levels of the discourse where, where it really didn't before because we're all stuck inside. Yeah, TikTok was massive. Excellent. And your third pick? All right, guys, I'm going to do another TV pick. I, I just I need to talk about this with someone. Okay. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Cle we'll clear out. I, yeah. no, I don't think any of us watched <laughs> yeah, it, and, gonna... but I've heard so much about it. Okay, I'm just going to lecture you people. So it's yeah. the first Real Housewives that's, like, new that they launched in, like, four years. And there are still, like, really good old Housewives, for older Housewives franchises, like Potomac, people like a lot. But, like, it's Salt Lake City, so, like, obviously your first response is, why would you set a reality TV show about rich people there? It's all, like, Mormons, and it's not yeah. very glamorous. So they clearly... I've heard a rumor that they had to actually, like, recast and reshoot the season because it is actually really hard to find exciting personalities there. But they found the weirdest collection of just the biggest, most, like, loud kind of dark, eccentric reality TV types with, like, actually very interesting, like, representatives of, like, Mormon culture. And, like, there are these two women on there. Like, my favorite one, she's a divorced mother of three 
who like married basically Mormon royalty and then her marriage fell apart and she owns a business. And it's like, it's really hard to be like basically an independent single mom. It's really hard to date. She like is very open. Like she'll openly be like, yeah, like I've never been truly in love with someone. I like did what I was supposed to do. And they balance that with people who will like the big fight of the premieres over like six months ago, one of them told another one that she quote smelled like hospital. And that's like the what? first big fight. That's, a, that's how you and, rip someone up because they don't know what you mean. <laughs> exactly. And the person who said that she smelled like hospital is this woman who is the head of a Pentecostal church who married her step grandfather because what? yes like so again fuck. just it's too insane it's got that like she married her ste- step grandfather yes like he was married to her grandma i think he was like the much younger husband to her grandma and i think he somehow like owned the church and she wanted the church to stay in the family so she told her grandmother her granddaughter to marry her husband when she died <laughs> like the the slack jawed look that all of you are giving me is That's like amazing. what it feels like to watch this show all the time. Like just That's something right. that insane happens every single minute. <laughs> it's just like they clearly were like, we it's 2020, like we need to go big or go home. Let's like figure figure out how to do this. And I just it makes me feel insane. It feels like 2020. Like, strong recommend. Fair. Holy cow. Step yeah. That guy got in the whole family. Oh, and then you found out in the most recent episode that her housekeeper is like her second cousin, is like her grandma's sister's what? daughter or brother's daughter, some sibling's daughter. And that person is like her live-in housekeeper. Again. Oh, my God. Dark energy. Dark. Super weird. <laughs> but- like it is a precious hour of my week and I have an entire group chat that is just built around live texting <laughs> Fantastic! This insane television show. I grew up around a lot of Mormons and that is a, they're like step grandpas marrying. I mean, lot. it's hard to, I don't want to generalize anyone like and any group of people, but the ones I grew up around, a were like so nice and really wonderful people. But, and then the other part of it, they were like definitely had their own community with their own drama you know, like that was all even in like the teenage levels where it was like and the families that would like rise and fall. All these like mommy bloggers and family influencers are Mormon. And I mm. think a thing that they talk about, first of all, I think like the Mormons are super nice thing is like totally a cliche. And I think it's true. And I'm just going to say it because even though it's a stereotype, it's a nice one. But the other thing that they talk a lot about is like there's a lot of emphasis on like perfectionism and fitting oh, yeah. a certain mold, which like. I also think people don't realize that Mormons aren't just in Utah. It's like the entire Western United States has a lot of Mormon people in it. So I grew up in San Diego and there were definitely a lot of Mormons who went to my high school. Yeah, they all same. went to BYU. They all married their college sweetheart like immediately and all had kids really young and are all just very like, you know, photogenic and post a lot about their like very idealized family life. And just it makes for a really interesting match with reality TV where, like, they're all, like, jaded, disaffected ex-Mormons. The most devout Mormon on the show is a former Jew who owns a tequila brand. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Who calls Whoa. herself the queen of Sundance. <laughs> Whoa. I'll give it to her. Shout out to uh, Kelly Hayden. Yep. Shout out to Kelly Hayden, though, a Mormon I went to high school with, who I was not good friends, but friends with, and who I was really loved, who took his senior pictures in Jedi robes and had a lightsaber photoshopped in. 
Shout yeah, out to Kelly Head. He was fucking rad. Oh, that's baller. A Mormon I knew from high school got proposed to when her now husband uh, like had an empty refrigerator in the snow and then she opened it and like the inside of the refrigerator was decorated in photos and said, will you marry me? And that was like an early, this is pre-Instagram, but that was like a preview of the like influencer insanity that was to follow. Oh, I always Lord. remember that. Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Excellent. Sean, time for your third pick. Cardi B, Megan the Stallion, WAP. Oh. Yep. There's some had, hoes had, in this house. Had to go. Okay. That was going to be my question. When I listen to it, and I haven't looked the lyrics up on purpose, it sounds like they're saying <laughs> there's there's some whores in this house. They're not yeah, that, saying that whores. That is the sample. It's whores. They're saying yeah. whores. Yeah, but it's chopped in a way so it sounds like hoes. It's just hilarious. But that sample is horse. There's some. I think it's a stand-up sample or something. Or it's. It's Vulture okay. did a really good article about it. I think it's like a house track that was. Mm, I mm -hmm. think in Baltimore. Um. Again, like you can look this up. It's on Vulture. It's much more thorough than my bad paraphrase, but it is like a, an older sample. Okay, it's just hilarious to me. There's there's some horrors in this. <laughs> Wait, can we talk Very about funny. the clean, the quote unquote clean remix? Oh my Dog, god! When they, I remember hearing it on the radio, and I was like, I don't know if wet and gushy sounds better. No, it does not. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's that old Pat, Pat Oswalt bit. <laughs> sounds way worse. It's so yeah, it's wet grosser. And <laughs> also, again, going back to TikTok, there was like a dance trend, and the the clean remix that they had was not the official one, and it was way better. It's like it just repeats the word wet like four times. Yeah. And it just is like, yeah, you, you probably know what comes after that, but we don't have to say it. And instead of wet and gushy, which is oh, yeah, wet nasty as hell. Wet. I just, yeah, I remember hearing, wet, wet, wet. I heard about the song on a podcast. I know it's common common knowledge that there aren't any other podcasts, but I, I was in some alternate universe and I was. Yeah, was it this must podcast? Because I heard about the we song and I was like, what now? Because no, the, the people wouldn't say the name. I think they were shying away from the name much as I have. So I went and looked it up and I was like, yeah, what is uh, the name, Sean? What? what does that stand for? Wet ass pussy. I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna <laughs> do it. Right, like it's also not that dirty. No, it's just it like describing a part of your body. Well, it depends on which part of it you en emphasize. If you say wet ass pussy, that is a little dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen, so there's that next song from back in the day, uh, close, and it was all about getting a boner. The whole song, all about. Boo, you're dancing real close. The whole song is about getting a boner. That was on the radio, all the lyrics. And then WAP comes out and everyone freaks out. And you're like, it's the same. It's the same. Re it's the equivalent to a boner. But everyone's losing their shit. And it just, it's insane. They didn't bleep out macaroni in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
I love Megan. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was also worth it just to like trigger Ben Shapiro. <laughs> like the fact oh, that he just totally told on himself and was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, when a woman's pussy is wet, that means she has a medical problem. Ben's probably never that. encountered I watched, anything like that. I watched exactly. that clip and I was like, yo, you say that outside the house? You think you, oh, <laughs> right, actually, it's like the fact that he uh, didn't realize what it made him sound like to be like, my wife told me. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know Oh, he's a dweeb. That guy's such a fucking nerd. Oh my god. Actually, you what? shut up. Shut the fuck up. Why are you here? Oh, I love it. Uh excellent pick. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, time for your third pick. Oh, my third pick is super personal, but I think if you watched basketball, you'd be into it. I'm picking the 2020 Denver Nuggets. Sure. Nice. Nah. <laughs> what? Nah. What? Nah. Okay, is this like a Blazers Nobody's thing? Nobody's ever gone down from a... Th that's never happened in sports before. It's a Blazers thing. It's fully a Blazers thing. That's all it is. <laughs> it's I'm a Blazers thing? No, I'm hating... No, my hating on you is yeah, a Blazers a thing. I'm just, hate I'm just hating on you because of the... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, the fact that they went down... They went from being down three and one twice... That's amazing. It was amazing. And it was like so... Such a symbol of this year to me that like... You know what I mean? The, the season was rushed. You, you didn't even know if it was going to happen right. And then these guys who aren't that used to playing the, but playing together, but really coming into their own, the Murray and Jokic friendship, Porter Jr. kind of going from being this like, oh, I don't know if we should have even done this, to like really having having a say in what was going on. I loved Jamal it. I loved the, Nuggets the whole so Porter Jr. experience was amazing because he's like this yeah. young player who like, almost like, was like amazing in high school, barely played in college because of an injury. Oh my, a no, back got, injury. They say you can't even come back. People say you can't come back from that. Like, yeah. And then came back and in his rookie year in the playoffs or near the playoffs started complaining about not getting the ball enough, but then also kind of backed it up. And then you have bowl bowl. That team started five centers once. You're like, the yeah. Nuggets were crazy this year. It was nuts. And it was like young and it was chaos. And it was like barely held together but they got through every time yeah you know what i mean and i think that's so much of like that energy for 2020 to me you know what i mean just that like they were on the ropes and then they came back and then they were on the ropes again and they came back and you're like fucking hell yeah this is also yeah. i'm saying this from a place of like total ignorance and just repeating what all my coworkers have said around me but it was really wild that like once the nba came back like all I heard from everyone was that the actual games and gameplay and like viewing experience were really good and they exciting. They were, yeah. yes. And the I know that's like not necessarily true with like football and stuff, but it was really cool to see that they like not only made it work from an epidemiological perspective, but also like it was just a good basketball season. Yeah, it was. It was great. Very enjoyable. I felt like I had more skin in the game than any basketball season before. Well, they're about to start the season again outside of the bubble, and we're going to see the NBA sort of have its own version the nfl where they've had to cancel and move games yep. Both teams have like that gotten, feels you know. insane like i know they were only able to do the bubble because it was mostly just the playoffs but like you, guys like we can't do that uh, yeah. yeah they probably could have pushed the season back three more months and like vaccinated everyone too it's right. crazy but like yeah whatever whatever they, yeah. they're doing this season now so they can start next year season on time and get back to normal and that's really what this whole thing is about like mm -hmm. right Although, honestly, you're right. I bet they're all going to get the vaccine in the next month. Like, you yeah, know they're at they, the front of the line. <laughs> they'll get there, probably get it pretty early. I don't, I still don't, under, I mean, we don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but I still just don't understand how the line works. Like, 
When does someone figure out? I well, I have like. Well, did you, you see at Stanford they did it with an algorithm and they totally fucked up because they did it based on like age and location. And if you were a yeah. resident, you didn't have a set location because you like rotate around. But obviously that means most of the residents have been working on the front line and they got yeah. like pushed to the back. And like people who weren't even working with COVID patients were like ahead of them. And they like staged a mass protest and like took over the hospital and were like, fuck you, oh, you good. need to vaccinate us. Yeah. I mean, they eventually were like, oh, we totally messed up. And like, they acknowledged that it was bad, but like, yeah, the line apparently in some places is just like done by AI, which is not good. Well, the line, well, whichever AI figured this out. Yeah. That's my mom getting it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. St. Sue Carmel vaccinated. Does she like work oh, yeah. outside the, she, outside the house? She's a labor and delivery nurse. Oh, well, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was told at a, at a very young age how the line works, and I'll just, I'll share it with you guys. No cuts, no butts, no coconuts. So as there long as we all, as long as so we Carmel, all embrace those no rules. Coconuts. No cuts, no, no coconuts. butts, absolutely. And this is key, no coconuts. And, yeah. you know, follow yeah. those rules and you're all good. Yeah, I honestly am also like, I'm kind of weirded out by how like little urgency I personally feel because it's just like I'm not the one who has a lot of, you know, stuff at risk. I'm in my 20s or whatever. And even just like walking around knowing that like everyone in a nursing home and everyone in a jail and everyone in a hospital is good would just like yeah. do so much for my mental health. I don't want to go back out in public. So give it to everybody <laughs> else that wants to. I'm, I'm, this is great. You know, Hell yeah. digging it. <laughs> The 2020 Denver Nuggets. Time for my third and fourth picks. Uh, God, as it is, I can't. As it is, I can't believe this got back to me. I'm going to take it. I'm going three TV shows in a row, which really kind of sums up. Yeah, dude, what have we been only, doing? <laughs> the only real new content I there was other. There was. I'll get into it later. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm taking Ted Lasso. Yeah, <sighs> dude. Everybody, I haven't even started it. It's amazing, isn't it? You pa you you paused. I didn't hear it. I'm, I'm sorry, my internet. Oh, I'm taking Ted Lasso. <laughs> oh, on Apple TV. On Apple TV. Well, He's Apple Apple TV needs that first of all. <laughs> needs it. <laughs> yeah. They have a they have a World War II movie with Tom Hanks and nobody talked That's about what it. <laughs> I heard yeah. I heard a joke about it somewhere about Tom Hanks and his World War II movies plural and I'm like what other one is there and then that's how Great. I found out about I, it. <laughs> we're not gonna talk watched, about it on here. No, no, yeah. yeah, I went to the premiere of an Apple TV show and I was like, oh, this whole thing's gonna fail. Yeah, <laughs> they have. I'm not gonna mention it. They have like a documentary yeah. that's really good. They have Boy some State. other. Yeah. Well, don't, they have a couple documentaries that are really good. Yeah. Boy, uh, and then the other, Beastie Boys, which probably nobody's going to talk about. And then there's this new animated thing that's getting really good reviews that they did. Wild or Wolf something. But anyway, Ted Lasso. Sean just fucking stormed off. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's fucking pissed. Dude. Did Sean even say I have to use the restroom? Or did he, he just... hates Midwestern Midwestern nice people who just want to he... make everyone better. He did. <laughs> yeah. Ted Lasso, I'll talk about it. It's weird because it's a show right up Sean Jordan's alley. He's a football coach who gets brought in by like a, uh, basically it's the major league idea, like a, a soccer team owner who wants to tank the team, but for a different reason, for personal revenge right. reasons. And Jason Sudeikis is so fucking funny and likable. The show is so, it's got such a big heart, but while still being like incredibly funny. Um, it's, and like, it's my, if you don't know anything about soccer, you can still like get into it, even though there's clearly a lot of stuff that's like for like real soccer heads. Yeah, 
There's the a scene <laughs> where he does in an interview, like the whole Allen Iverson practice thing, or in a in not an, I think in either an interview or a pep talk, I forget what, but he does the full yeah, That's and nobody hilarious. knows because they're all British, so none of them know the Allen Iverson thing. It's so fucking funny. It's probably the most I've enjoyed something this year. My like really? two cents that I'll just add on top of this is like yeah. I was really impressed. So I caught up and I I knew like it was supposed to be like heartwarming and I knew it was about soccer, but I was genuinely pleasantly surprised that they managed to have like two really good female characters who have like meaningful storylines that yeah. oversec oh, like overlap with the main action, but they come out. And they're not just like, you know, one is sort of a, a wag character who becomes a really fun window into that world. And the other is this like glamorous older lady who owns the team. But I was like genuinely shocked that it's a, a sports comedy that has like, see, without a lot of like visible sweat or effort, just like has good female members of the ensemble and also becomes about divorce. <laughs> yeah. It's about divorce and getting older. They cover like some like, you know. Feeling useless, some like great topics in it. It's a Billy Larry, Sean. It's a Bill Lawrence production. Yeah, I know that from. Uh, yeah. I listen. I'm going to talk about other. I I do I do know that from something I listen yeah. to. So yeah. Uh, I'm excited I just to watch fucking it. loved it. Have you seen Ted Lasso, Sean? You would. It's like somebody made a show for you. When I had the stash, someone hit me and they're like, "You look like uh, Ted Lasso." <laughs> Ted Lasso, and I was just like, "Oh, I need you to, do. I need to watch it." I that's like a compliment. I yeah. dude, I was stoked when when someone said that because it's Jason Sudeikis, right? That's Ted Lasso. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. I'll watch it. I absolutely. And it's based yeah, yeah, on yeah. fucking ads. Like it's a promo, yeah. like a a one joke promo series they did for NBC Sports about like football and football, ha ha ha. And then they actually made an amazing show out of it. God, there was so much good stuff this year. I gotta get up. All right. Yeah, you can have my password. You can have too. my you can have my password, Sean. My fourth pick, I gotta take Run the Jewels. I finally got there. Yeah. There's so much good shit this year, man. God, there All really right. was. Yeah. I guess that's every year. But yeah. Run the Jewels. I fucking love that album. I I thought I don't I maybe I didn't think I'm like, is it ever gonna get old? Like, because no. they keep making Not like kind two. of the same music. It never does. The fucking album starts off so hard with that first Yankee and the Brave like starts off so hard and then Ooh La La is such yeah. a good fucking track and then that one with like two chains on it it just like keeps hitting and then the one with uh, Pharrell and Zach De La Rocha like it just keeps hitting over and They're over and over again Killer Mike and Jamie are just like so fucking cool They're man so different like, and they're so because LP didn't used to be an amazing rapper he was, he's yeah. always been all right, but like he didn't used to be great at it. And he's, you've seen him <laughs> grow into his own as an actual rapper. He's always been an amazing producer and they're so different that they complement each other so well. They're both so cool and they're actually nerds and they make fantastic music. Like they're just nerd. All LP is just a fucking geek, man. And yeah. can I share my, my favorite Run the Jewels story that is not yes. from this album cycle? So I saw them open for Lord at the Staples Center, wow. which means that both in front of and behind me were like literal children who were chaperoned by adults and clearly have no idea what's going on. 
and like the music starts and you just hear LP go like, we're from the jewels and we're here to fuck shit up with like an audience of literal 12 year olds. <laughs> and they just gave like really great, like cool dad energy where even though they were obviously like harder and louder and like maybe have more swear words than the people who were there were expecting, it was still very like nurturing and they were clearly so psyched to be there with Lord and like were very there for her fans. Yeah. And it was just like really cool. I also saw them at FYF a few years ago where they were very like, do not fuck with like girls in the crowd. Like just, they're very good at not only like being good dudes, but also like making it seem very punk rock to like be yeah. cool and responsible. They'll stop the show if they see like, if they hear like that dudes are being like irresponsible in the crowd and stuff like that. They're fucking rad. That's what one of the bummers about, I mean, so many bummers, I mean, live music especially, but like they are so good live yeah and mm-hmm. not to be able to tour off this like album which would have been such a good one to tour off of is like such a fucking bummer but they did some like virtual live shows that were fantastic they did that one on adult swim i don't know just i loved the album it was like my most listened to album of the year Ooh la la was like one of my most listened to songs of the year i fucking loved it i it's would just, be remiss i I hope that didn't sound negative. I did not mean to say that LP hasn't always been a great rapper. I, what, <laughs> no, I meant, no, no, no. what I meant to say is that it's been nice to see him come into his own as a rapper. Even he was more, always yeah. very, he's a great rapper, but it's just nice to see him grow. I hope that didn't sound negative because I, I love it. So anyway, I, I just don't had think to clear that up. All right. David, time for your fourth pick. My fourth pick is the versus battles. Oh, yeah. That's such a good segue, that. too. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. Good. Did you watch? Did you watch the Bay Too one? Too short in E40? No, yeah. I was doing shit. I'm yeah, going to watch, watch it today. That. I'm going to watch it today. Where can you find them? Are they on YouTube? They're on YouTube. Uh, oh. For me, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, mm-hmm. Nelly Ludacris was great. Uh, Brandy and Monica was fucking really, yeah. really great. Uh, I love Bounty Killer and Beanie Man because the cops came. Uh, <laughs> T-Pain and Lil Jon. They were all... I mean, there's so many of them are different for... Good. I mean, Gucci and Jeezy, I loved. Oh, I loved that was great. Yeah. It's just like, but I love it. I love it when the announcement comes out. I love seeing artists campaign to try to get one. I love all the jokes that come around because of them. I just like every time one comes out, it feels like just a big collective thing that's happening. You know what I mean? It's like totally. something that's fun to tap into and see people predicting who's going to win the week before. And then like, I go back and I listen to all these albums like the week before. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have listened to Monica's first album this year if it wasn't for that versus, but I went back and listened to it. You know what I mean? And the that's Rick, like, Ross, the Rick, Rick Ross 2 Chains one was my favorite of the year. That one was amazing. They have so many fucking hits. Yeah, Snoop Dogg and DMX. I mean, c- come on. They're, they're, oh, it's like, Snoop Dogg and DMX was so good. You forget how many hits that everybody has. I'm, I was going to bring up Snoop and DMX because... You can see them both appreciating each other too, where they look and they're like, oh shit. And you just see Snoop like, mm, like that. Yeah, like, like yeah, the they've... range of like, obviously the Erica Badu, Jill Scott one was the most like mutually supportive, but like the fact that. Yeah, that one goes... wasn't a competition really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like the fact that it goes from that to like, I think these people are going to fight each other and like someone should intervene. Oh, the Jeezy, the Jeezy one was a little like, it was like, are they, yeah, what's going to happen? Mane, I mean, Gucci Mane, the songs he did were really disrespectful. Somebody died for that. So that one was huge, just like in general. <laughs> but like Brandy and Monica don't like each other. It's like been known. Yeah. So to like watch theirs and watch Monica be like hella standoffish and Brandy trying to like touch her and shit. 
I love it. I love it. I love the it. The comments too are like a whole other show. Like the comments are hilarious. It's and it's like it's all it's it's like all of black celebrity is like in the comments like of those things like fucking pop everyone you'll it'll be from like Diddy to Michelle Obama will be like in the comments of like versus talking about it and shit. Rihanna pops up in them. Rihanna's in them all the time. And then as soon as it's done to go to Twitter and see who thought who won. And so, although like, I feel like the wins are usually pretty unanimous. Like it's not that hard to tell. Yeah. But like, but I don't know. It's just been like a really fun thing and a fun way to go back and listen to people's catalogs that maybe I wasn't gonna this year. Yeah. Versus. Yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. Uh, Sean, time for your fourth pick. Uh, I'm going to pick the J-Lo Shakira halftime show. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah, it was great. And it was before all that. It was I was trying to think of something like what happened before everything kind of changed a little bit. And that was really the only thing I could think of. And it was just fantastic. It was like a, a pretty nice fuck you to the current political administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice to see Shakira pop up a little bit. And nice to see J-Lo still get it done i mean she not like she ever lost it but it's just like show and prove uh it was great it was a really good <clears throat> it was i great. was there i was on the field it was yeah, awesome oh man oh that's right jesus damn yeah, 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 yeah it was fucking phenomenal it was everything it seemed like on tv right it was just perfect wasn't it it was better on tv because it it's hard to so see anything from well the field. upsetting <laughs> that she put in all that fucking work and still did not get the oscar nomination who like yeah what? Uh, oscar nom what for what oscar for hustlers, oh, for hustlers, J Lo. Oh, yeah, yeah. she was, you know, she That's incorporated right. the moves into that routine. That's like, that right. Was part it was the of end. It. That was like why she did it. Clearly, like she was doing a whole awards campaign. She was, and, but, That's like, right. Whatever she won anyway. That was so even, good. I never I even put that, that together, of course. But yeah, that I just I loved it. It was a good halftime show. You want a good one, and it was it was great. And it was before before all this. Shakira. It's such a good fucking dancer, man. She was oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, I, it's just nice to see that she's still like killing shit. Because I, I think she never fell off in like she's the Latin huge music in the rest of the world. I yeah, think, yeah. But just here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted something from before everything kind of changed, and that was really from all. From the think before of. times. Yeah, yeah. The before fall. It's saying the before times, but you know, something back when it was just like I was at a Super Bowl party with a shitload of people. <laughs> you have inspired me to actually slightly adjust my next pick, I think. Oh, cool. Well, let's hear what that next pick is. Okay, this is four and five for me, right? Yeah, okay. and then five, right. we're doing a lightning round this year. All right, I gotta, I gotta go out with a bang. So, uh, speaking of things that happened in 2020 that we cannot believe sure. happened in 2020, sure. and I think this is maybe the last good thing that ever happened to anyone, but Parasite winning Best Picture... Oh yeah! Oh shit! I forgot that was the coolest moment. Well, it was yeah. I think it was like January, right? And it was just such a like amazing vindication. But I feel like I should just take this moment to talk about like I love going to the movies. I love the like ritual of the movie theater. I think a really shitty thing about this year has been not only like that is probably the thing I miss the most, but also it's been like really hard to keep up with stuff that comes out because you don't have that thing of like, oh, well, it's playing in the theater. And Absolutely. you're just like, you're like, I guess it's sort of on VOD maybe, but that doesn't create any like urgency. So like before I actually saw, I saw First Cow in a theater. I saw Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. I saw Emma. I saw Promising Young Woman. And I was like, great, it's going to be a great year for movies. And that did not happen. But, like, that moment of, like, an actually good and interesting and weird and, like, hard 
to process movie winning best picture was like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. It's fantastic. And I miss that was good. I miss movies so much. I'm right there with you. It's like one of when we can, that'll be the first thing. If like if it was like tomorrow, everything's normal. What are you doing? I'm like going yeah. aside from going to see your mom or whatever. Like I'm going to a movie. Why are you going to see my mom, dude? Chill out. <laughs> she's dope, man. She's dope. You know. Yeah, I mean, I kept dope. being like, honestly, like it's good that California is being relatively strict because even even if they reopened before it was fully safe, like I know my ass will be in a movie theater as soon as I am allowed to be. That is like the one thing. Oh, once I get that vaccine, <laughs> yeah. I might yeah. even bring the rest of me. You know. Not even my, just, you know, my ah, ass yeah, and then the yeah, rest yeah. of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, just like the one there. thing where I was like, in the summer when we were like reopening way too early, I was like, none of this should be happening. But also if the arc lights open, I'm going to go see Tenet. <laughs> you know, for my birthday, my fiance, there's a place in Portland Movie Madness, I think. They have um, a little like makeshift theater that they made and you can rent it out for private screenings. And we watched The Great Outdoors for my birthday and it was perfect i couldn't i was just like man i miss this you can bring in your own food i don't think we ever food. got that in la like i know a lot of people in new york who like rented out theaters in jersey and stuff and i was like i would do that if it were just me and someone else but absolutely yeah it was but yeah i miss i miss the whole the whole ritual that yeah malls get all of it anyway excellent Allison, oh, yeah. your final pick, and we'll do just say a couple things about it. We'll do a lightning round. Okay, well, this is sort of another bigger thing, so maybe we can break it down in more detail later. But because in past years, I picked the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, and obviously yeah. that completely imploded this year. So I just wanted to talk about Sola El Whaley, the kind of breakout star who uh, brought it all down because she was transparent about her pay and then got her own like awesome deal and has like multiple shows at other outlets. And like, obviously, we all were very focused on cooking and that had the weird side effect of like all these people in food media got canceled because there was so much attention on them. And she was like someone who not only I think did really good positive change at the place that she was coming from, but also like came out of that and has like a really awesome career on her own where she's not being insanely underpaid. And that is cool. So Sola. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sola El Whaley. Hell yeah. Shout out to Sola El Whaley. Uh, Sean, time for your final pick. Okay, let me know if this. I think it'll work, but you know I've been known to blow it. Uh, I'm gonna call it long hair, don't care, and I'm just picking everyone having long ass hair because they can't get haircuts. I don't think that's popular culture, bro. You don't think so? Like celebrities with long hair, like letting it or just like not maintenancing themselves, letting their shit go gray. I think quarantine hair is quarantine celebrities. Well, like I like the quarantine look. I guess like you know how people are just hopping on. They're like, I haven't been to the hairdresser in six months and I don't give a shit. I stopped dyeing my hair. I'm not putting makeup on all that stuff. Like, can that count? I mean, sweatpants. That's also, well, I don't want to get like too broad. I just, I like the no maintenance thing that's going on right now with pop culture. Like, you know what I mean? With like, Gal I guess Gadot, celebrities have started doing it. Like Gal Gadot having gray hair and like no makeup. Like, I feel like it's a big movement of people just not doing all the stuff that they felt pressured to do their whole career because no one's doing it right now and it's liberating and I think it's fun. I'm for it. I, yeah. Sure. I think yeah, it counts. Okay. Also all just right. like, yeah. yeah, we're doing lightning round. I won't chime in. I the last one to try it. I didn't do it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just, you were respectful I, you know, about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, just people looking like normal people, like celebrities looking yeah. like the rest of us because they aren't going to get their hair cut every other day and they're not they don't look perfect and they shouldn't have to 
And, you know. Uh, yeah, just, we had like what, Conan's hair. We had like two months of that. And then they were like, I'm going to pay someone a salary and benefits just to live in my backyard and cut my hair once every yeah. six months. Yeah, I just I like that. I like the the freeing aspect of, of all this with people, the low, the low pressure of, of self maintenance, I guess. However, right, you quarantine that. hair. David, your final pick. The concept of people going on horny on Maine. Horny on Maine. <laughs> Big year for that. It was hilarious, and then it was horny a bummer, and then somehow Maine. it became hilarious again. Horny on Maine's tight. But then also a bummer sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Horny on Maine. Horny on Maine. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a movie from my last one, a movie that came out on Netflix, and maybe not the one you think. Uh, I'm taking the 40-year-old version. I haven't seen that oh, yet. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it either. so... Fucking good. It's um, it's the description looked really. It was really great. Made by this woman named Rada Blank. Yeah, uh, and it's basically yeah. It's fucking about a woman who's like a, a playwright who is like a hyped playwright. And maybe it's I'm you know I turned thirty six this year, so maybe it's as I like enter into my like late thirties or whatever. But like just about a woman who was like a very hyped up playwright in her early like twenties, mid twenties, and then never really hit the way that people thought. And then her sort of like. And, and, and like getting hired by like the white theater establishment to like do stuff for them to like write or direct plays for them while trying to get her own play off the ground while, while like getting interested in like rapping and like battle rapping and stuff like that. It's and it's all in black and white, but it's just so fucking good. It was a Netflix movie that like didn't look like a Netflix movie or feel like a Netflix movie. Um and I thought there were some good Netflix movies. Is this it year, like but autobiographical, like, like based on her own experience? I think it's somewhat autobiographical. Like it's like definitely informed by her experience, but I don't think like a, it's not a one for one like biography. Um, just it's just so good, and like I, I I don't feel like it's gotten enough of a push this year. It was maybe my favorite movie I watched this year. It was just like really really good. She is so charming and winning and funny in it. Um, it's beautiful. It's like a great New York movie too. Like, I just really loved it and can't recommend it enough. The forty-year-old yeah. version. I don't think they should have named it that. I think that was a bad idea. Yeah, it seemed gimmicky. It's. I think that's initially why I didn't want to watch it. I was yeah, like, this seems. Yeah, you don't want to define yourself by like another movie. You know, no. But... It feels very not another teen movie, which I liked. So. Yeah. But a movie that has nothing to do with, like, not, it's just a lyric in one of her raps she writes. That's it. But it has nothing to do with the 40 year old version. Um, but it just, it was really wonderful. I loved it. So that's my yeah, final I've pick. Been, and the final that's pick like of, what yeah. I'm using my holiday break for is I'm just doing like 2020 movie catch up. So I did like yeah. Time. I did Dick Johnson is Dead. And the last time I did the one where Mads Mickelson gets drunk all the time. Oh, and that'll, I watch be, that. that'll be my next one. It was, it was really fun. I love him. He's so great. So that was the final pick of the draft. To recap, Allison, you went first. You took The Bake Off, TikTok, Real Housewives of Salt Lake, Parasite winning Best Picture, and Sola Elwaley's uh, whole, like, blowing up the Bone Appetit Test Kitchen's racist pay practices and then becoming a star in her own right. Sean, you went second. You took The Tiger King, The Last Dance, WAP, J-Lo and Shakira's Halftime Show, and then quarantine hair. <laughs> David, you went third. You took Animal Crossing, Dogface 420, the 2020 Nuggets, Versus, and going horny on Maine. <laughs> I went last and I took The Crown, The Mandalorian, Ted Lasso, Run the Jewels, and the 40-year-old version. Boy, we left some good shit on the board. I mean, Mank 
for one, which I really enjoyed. I loved Mank. Phoebe Bridgers. I like saying Mank. 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 It's really fun to say. Oh, my God. I saw a tweet just recently that just said, Mank, I feel like a Herman, and it's the best. (laughs) There's so many Mank puns, but that one was the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Mank, I loved the movie, too. I would recommend watching. I don't even know what it's about. It's about the writer of Citizen Kane. Yeah. Oh. Who is like an alcoholic. And then also like Citizen Kane was inspired by William Randolph Hearst. So it becomes like a whole billionaires are bad and taking over politics. I did not actually love Mank the movie. And I'm very kind of agnostic on Fincher. But like the meme culture around it was A1. Great meme culture. And I really enjoyed the movie. I watched Citizen Kane and then that the next night. Uh fucking the trial of chicago seven i also enjoyed oh, i'm not a very yeah, critical really person it. when it comes to movies i i not liked either. it i liked the actors in it i had a good time uh taylor swift had two albums this year well, that was pretty yeah. Uh, oh, yeah yeah the new borat movie was another one where it's like uh, oh, shit, the new borat was so good yeah. ames new album was uh really great and just they and they were on the new taylor swift too at least one of them this is uh, uh, the best song weird, on the new one yeah yeah skateboarding has been has had a renaissance with a lot of people like because they don't have anything to do so like people are buying all like all these companies are like out of boards because everyone's buying a skateboard that wouldn't have worked for a pick but you know just honorable mention i think if quarantine hair does skateboarding does yeah skateboarding does shit's creek uh what we do in the shadows i may destroy you oh yeah i may uh roller skating teenage bounty hunters was really good the freddie gibbs alchemist album queen's gambit Palm Springs. There was so much good shit this year. <laughs> yeah, dude. Griselda's whole year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Euphoria Hell holiday yeah. special. Oh, I haven't seen that. I'm excited. I made it out unscathed. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get ridiculed or or beat up or anything. I'm I'm pumped. This is my yeah, best pop good. culture draft. This is the best one I've done. I think this year everyone's letting everything slide. My friend <laughs> DM'd me on Instagram and was like, "Is it insane if I buy a seventy dollars sweatshirt from a restaurant I've never been to?" And I was like. Nope. No, whatever <laughs> you support want. Restaurants. Support the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've been buying T-shirts, cookbooks, and mugs from all my favorite Portland restaurants Me just too. to like try to give them money. I'm gonna go pick up a cookbook after this. That's my afternoon. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. See. Well, we want to hear your picks. Hit us up at All Fantasy Pod on Twitter, All Fantasy Podcast at Gmail dot com. Shout out to everyone on the AFE subreddit. Shout out to everyone on the All Fantasy Everything for holding us down on the Patreon. I should say. Oh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to super producer Marissa Melnick. Ooh. Marissa, do you have a pick we didn't get to? Um, I'm not sure if this counts, but it's when Rudy Giuliani held a press conference at the Four Season Total Landscaping. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, yes, it absolutely does. Oh, God, that was so funny. It counts because everyone was immediately like, this is a sitcom joke. Like, yeah. This belongs on so many shows. <laughs> and someone recreated Four Season Total Landscaping in VR chat, which is like a virtual reality chat room app. So they created that as a world you could visit and just hang out in virtual reality, and it's become a hotspot for furries o- online. That's amazing. Whoa. So tired. I did not know that. That is a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to St. Sue Carmel. Shout out to Frankie Ocean. Shout out to Haji Beats. Shout out to Sid the Dude. And more important than all of that, tune in again next week to another brand new episode of All Fantasy Everything. Hotspot for furries online. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.